When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shoot. What's up, everybody? It's HG Podcast. Friday, June 10th. We have a special episode here today on this After Dark. We're, of course, joined by my wife, Hila, who we love so well. And, uh, a, and a, a distinguished guest is with us here today, Chelsea Manning. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm very, you know, very interested in your story and everything you've done, and I look forward to having a uh, talking about a lot of stuff with you. So thanks for being here. Nice. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, is it true? So let me just ba- lay some groundwork here. So if there's anybody who doesn't know who you are, who's watching, um, basically you are a United States government whistleblower. You blew the whistle on the military, the government. And it was the biggest leak of military documents ever, right? Almost a million documents or over a million documents? I was 750,000. 750,000, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, well, it was, you know, a huge story all through. I mean, it still is, right? But, like, the past decades, it's been uh, very present in uh, yeah. media. Yeah, it's gotten a bit of attention. You faced the wrath of, of two presidents. Maybe more so one than the other. Yeah, two, two, two presidents, technically three, because one was vice president at the time. So, But Trump obviously has not had not kind things to say about you. Trump hasn't had kind things to say about me, no. Or anyone, really. I mean, yeah. who does he speak A lot of government right? people. Yeah. He even Clinton. hates his own kid, though. Don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ob- I, mean, I don't really care. I don't really care. <laughs> and um, pardoned by Obama after seven years, well... Commuted, commuted, commuted by, <laughs> by Obama after seven years. Yeah. And there's just so much to talk about. I really want to uh, really want to start from the beginning. But actually, before I get started from the beginning, it is Friday. So we have to say hello to uh, this is Gabe. <laughs> He's known as White Claw Gabe. He calls in every Friday. Yep. He's a local <laughs> celebrity around here. Gabe, how's it going? Hi, Gabe. <laughs> It's great, motherfucker. Fuck, babe. Fuck, babe. Fuck. Fuck. It's Friday, baby. Ow. I'm chugging a soda. Oh, you got a root beer? No white claws yeah. yet? Bart's the best, motherfucker. Okay. And the weekend, motherfucker. Let's Ow. fucking go. Ow. He loves Friday. He loves the weekend. Who doesn't? <laughs> What's going on with the Bark's root beer? You're not. Oh, shit. He's chugging it. Oh, my God. Oh, we got a root beer chug Ooh. from Gabe. No way, dude. You are going to be so fucked up this Friday. He's dripping. <laughs> that Whoa. Count. Oh, my God. He's got to get the drips in. Wow. How was that? No. Oh, no. No, no. No, not a second one, Gabe. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. Someone handed Gabe another Barks root beer. Oh, he's struggling. From off screen. Who is that mysterious yeah, hand? Yeah, someone's mis- Gabe is just, wow, <laughs> he is going off this Friday. Two Barks root beer chugs, man. That is legendary. That counts. 
Yeah. That one's clean, clean. You know, people talk about the Sprite Challenge. What is that? Gabe just... Is there a third one, Gabe? <laughs> yeah, don't do it. <clears throat> Not worth it, Gabe. Don't do a third one. Oh, what? wow. Wow, okay. Oh, my wow. God. Feels good. Fuck, baby. How's your stomach Ooh. feeling after that? My dad is dead. We get some soda. Wow, Fuck wow, wow. That was, that was impressive, buddy. Fuck, baby. <laughs> All right, Gabe. Well, you have a great weekend, okay? Uh -oh. <laughs> I gotta talk to my guest, but thanks for checking in. Thank you. That was quite a show. Fuck, baby. All right, you have a great weekend. Love you, dude. Right. Motherfucker. Fuck, yeah. baby. Fuck. Ow, ow, ow. Gabe, uh, White Clock Gabe, everyone. That was an unexpected treat. Yeah. Chugging two barks, Rupert. Yeah. yeah. First one didn't count. That's why. Because there was a drip. Yeah. That they had to do a mulligan. Yep. And you are you are strict. I am strict. It's just put you know it's like in the military you push it out of very yeah. strict. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. you get you you get to into the forty one club where you don't where you don't don't pass uh, your airborne test because you only reach forty two you you're yeah, supposed to reach forty two as a minimum. Yeah. And then the the instructor or whoever is measuring you just goes forty one forty one oh forty one doesn't oh. count. Military oh, assholes. <laughs> Well, let's talk. Let's start from the beginning, okay? Right. <laughs> so, Chelsea, you were where were you born? Uh, so I was born in uh, Mercy Hospital in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. If you want to get technical, sure. So I was born in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, I grew up mostly in the Midwest until I was about eleven or twelve. Um, I think it was eleven whenever I moved out with my mother because my I, so I have a my father's American. He was in the Navy, and he li he lived out in the UK um, on his Navy tour. Uh, there and married my mother. Came back. They came back to the states. Uh, she got na naturalized here. Mm. Um, lived here for uh, lived lived here until I was basically born with my sister. Uh, and uh, yeah, like basically spent uh, the first eleven or twelve years of my life uh, living with her and my sister and my father until my parents divorced. My sister, being eleven years older, moved out of the house, and uh, I moved. Uh, my my mother gained custody of me, and I moved out in the UK. Uh, and went to school and secondary school in Southwest Wales. <laughs> so you're okay. So so your your dad is English or half? No, or no my my mother's English. my mother's my mother's Wales. Okay, so you moved out to to the UK. I did. Interesting. And, and then uh, I, and then I came back to the states after um, after a few years. I came back and so moved, you, moved in with my father again. You're mm -hmm. a dual citizen. Uh, I am. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. That used to get you into EU. It doesn't anymore. No, it doesn't get. Uh, and that, uh, apparently Such a bird. I apparently got to apply for Irish citizenship now. Oh, that'll, that'll get you <laughs> yeah. in. That'll get me around. A little, little curveball thrown. So at the... how was, so basically, what was it like kind of, your your dad was a military man. That's kind of interesting because obviously you ended up going into the military. Is, did yeah. that have he was Navy. He was a Navy guy. You yeah. were an Army guy. Yeah. There's a rivalry there. Yeah. I mean, you know, basically... Basically, after after um, after my parent after I moved back with my father, um, he he remarried, and uh, I was uh, I was a little um, I was a little different as a as a kid, right? Because I was like living as li living as this sort of this uh, this like gender nonconforming, you know, um, twinkish boy mm -hmm. boy mode kind of trans. You know, like I was I like I I didn't really know that I was trans. Like I kind of knew that something was going on, but I was just like 
you know, goth, rebellious yeah. or whatever. Um, she did not like me. And so uh, after I turned 18 and he was no longer uh, liable, you know, to, to have, legally to, to, to hold me, I be, she basically told him to kick me out of the house. So. Wow. Then and I lived uh, houseless in basically the Midwest and landed in Chicago for uh, almost a year. Is your dad kind of a traditional guy? Like, were they yeah. accepting of the whole I, well, I think, gender confusion? I think, I think my father's not so much. Um, uh, on the, on, on the, the, uh, I, I would say that my father uh, wasn't homophobic, but he was definitely like on the transphobic spectrum. So, yeah. just probably like. But you know, he's also like this individualist guy who's just like, ah, oh, right, you know, like ah, oh, like you know, like a macho. Yeah, he's just like uh, very. Uh, very much your sort of typical like uh, white upper, upper middle class yeah. midwestern male. Being, being trans is just like such a foreign concept. Yeah, to exactly. him, Probably. So you know, I, did, I wasn't exactly accepted, but you know, I, um, I I did try. You know, so my I moved in with my aunt uh, in Maryland for uh, you know after after being houseless in Chicago, which I just want to mention real fast you know being out in LA it's just like the house the well yeah I, I'm, homelessness that sounds really rough here. and mm -hmm. Chicago is a cold port like it, LA is like nice you know but Chicago has yeah, brutal weather brutal. yeah yeah so your your um your stepmom was she what was the issue was it like a transphobic a homophobic yeah thing? I think so I mean she was definitely homophobic um traditional so, like Christian lady? oh very much so okay um although the irony is that they divorced like a couple years later oh so. she's going to hell <laughs> yeah. for that yeah I know right <laughs> <laughs> see you in hell yeah so you know uh so yeah basically um you know didn't have a lot of family support uh you, you know as I was coming out um but I, I moved in with my aunt uh, my my father's uh, my father's sister uh, in Maryland, and uh, while I was there, I was you know sort of juggling three jobs, trying to pay for bills, mm. and, you know, trying to find my own place, uh, and uh, and you know it was like summer summer 2006 uh, into like summer 2007, so about this year time frame that I was working at Starbucks, I was working at I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. For <laughs> wow. Uh, oh. I, uh, you got I, I was, in, col yeah, I was they... in college too, like so basically it was okay. like a hundred hour week, yeah. uh, hundred hour weeks of just doing constant stuff in this churn, and while this is all going on, the Iraq war is like the main thing, like right. it's like the main, like it's the dinner table discussion, it's the conversations that everybody's having, you know, right. the, you had the, the household names of George W. Bush, Donald Rumsfeld, um, then Robert Gates, you know, and the surge, sort of all of this stuff happening in the background um, while I'm also just sort of like struggling to figure out who I am, where I fit in the world, how I, you know, wh where, where do I go, where, where do I land, essentially, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, in, you know, going, uh, going forward with my life and, you know, fitting in. And, uh, and I started, re I, I was trying to reconnect with my father in, in this time. And he kept on pushing me to go, you know, into the uh, go into the Navy or the Air Force. I see. And of course, me being a rebellious, <laughs> uh, pain in the ass, uh, you know, kid, I, I, I enlisted in the Army. Uh, and I also knew that, you know, this troop surge was going on, so the Army was where, you know, people were needed. So you know, I enlisted in the Army. So actually, before I get too deep into that, I want to go back to. So you were living in Chicago. You were homeless in Chicago. Yes. And for how long did you live in Chicago? Um, I'm, I've, I haven't, I haven't really done the math on it, but you know, several months. So. so and were you living on the street, like street? Uh, street I or? had, a, I, I borrowed uh, my father's pickup truck. 
Okay. So I was in a Nissan, I was in a red ni- 1992 Nissan hard body pickup and, truck. And was it like a winter thing or a summer Thankfully, thing? the winter hadn't hit, okay. but there were cold nights. Yeah, yeah. But the worst was the hot days right. in that time frame. So <laughs> what did you do kind of, what were you doing during that time? You, were, you ran, kind of got kicked out of your house by your stepmom. Yeah. And then why did you decide to go to Chicago? Um, well, I it felt the safest because um, I had tried a couple of different cities. Um, I had been I had dealt with sort of town like small town sheriffs, Tulsa Police Department, you know, St. Louis Police Department. I had dealt with sort of like being a houseless person, not being able to find a place to sleep, mm. uh, and basically being harassed by cops all the time. You know? So when you say safest, you mean that like Chicago has the most. I, I wasn't for, for yeah that kind they of didn't thing. they didn't fuck with me like okay, I, I could I sleep somewhere I and I you know I could sleep in my truck and not be bothered for most nights I mm. see I see um, and so after living there for a couple months you basically well, I, I, I do want to say what I was doing uh, I, yes. I, I, I had a job at the guitar center okay <laughs> do you play I was at the I, w- I was in pro audio, so I was. Uh, that's, that's my DJ. Hell yeah, dude! I was I'm, my uh, my one of my side gigs is uh, DJing. Oh right! I so are you are you getting back into DJing at all? The people are wondering. Yeah, I uh, I've I've I got my uh, I got my ex DJ, so um I'm, and I'm working on my set, so at some point going to. So surprise someone somewhere <laughs> some club with the, so when you dj that. are you mixing new things or are you just playing i'm sticking to i'm sticking to a playlist right now yeah. um but uh it's not gonna be completely pre-programmed but you know like i'm i'm playing around with sort of um you know doing live production um pads and additional like things with with uh with synthesizers that i can attach to it you know just sort of mix it up and do sort of bootlegs but interesting i mean that was what i did in like mid you know, later that uh, when I was living the, whenever I was living in um, Maryland, uh, I went and I did the DC club scene and you know played the oh, played wow. a couple sets. Uh, that's cool. Mostly like mostly to like University of Maryland and Georgetown students. That's stuff. a that's <laughs> not a bad gig though. No. They pay you? Oh yeah, I got paid, but you know I, it wasn't enough to like pay the bills. Yeah, so it was, mm-hmm. was semi professional at best. So when you're living in Chicago, how do you like shower and kind of just take care of yourself and all that kind of stuff? If you're living out of your car, truck stop. <laughs> truck stops. Uh-huh. Yeah, because I, I had a truck, so I'd spend an enormous amount of gas money driving out to a truck stop. Right. Uh, using a truck stop, uh, like shower, like uh, I forget, what is it, the Flying J? They usually have showers, or they had them back then. So. They still do. Dan, 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 you showered at the Flying J <laughs> uh, on a road trip or two, yeah. Uh, That's interesting. I've never, I didn't even know they had showers at trucks. Yep. Either. Do you pay, or is it just open? Should, uh, if I recall it being open, so um, I'm is not sure. Is it private? I mean, they have a private sort of. stall. It's yeah. Is it kind of shady? Like no, it's like a pool. Mm. Wow. That's very progressive <laughs> for this country. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised. It wasn't the best, but it was yeah. certainly, it was, you know, it was certainly uh, the ability to have some amount of hygiene. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Or, or you know, uh, the other thing was just sort of like, uh, and I talk about more, more about this in the, my book, sort of survival strategies in terms mm-hmm. of city, like you know, surviving, you know, finding food. This is what apparently shelter. it looks like. That's that looks nice. Damn, that's a, I don't remember that's looking. Nice one, right? I don't remember that looking like that. <laughs> yeah, that looks like a nice gym. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> How could you keep it that clean at a public truck stop? Yeah, there's no there's way. No way. <laughs> it's got a it's got like a rug. <laughs> you know that'd be rug. covered it's in a towel. Piss. It's a tiny towel. <laughs> well, I guess it's a makeshift. It's one. It's in between. Let's let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, 
So, okay, <laughs> so, right you're, so you're living in uh, Chicago. So what makes you decide you're going to move to Maryland? So yeah. my aunt tracked me down. I don't know how. Um, mm. Interesting. You've been trying to try work, work out exactly what happened, but my aunt Your dad's uh, sister? My dad's sister yeah. who lives in this, you know, she, she says it's a oh, she says it's a nice house and it's an okay house, but it's, it's a big, beautiful it's house. An, it's a it's a lovely house in Maryland. Good for her. Right? Yeah. Um. And so yeah, so she had a bit of space for me, and I, I crashed there. For so how did she track you down though? Cause you, I don't know. Uh, I, you know, there's been a dis the, when we were sort of doing research for the book. You know, it was mm. uh, we were trying to figure out piece it piece it together. Cause I just remember like on my phone being on my phone one day. Cause I I had a f I, things that I had were a cell phone. I had a laptop. I had, uh, and I could do Wi-Fi at some places, and I had, uh, and I had my truck. I so, see. Um, you know, and I and I tried to get a like a like a post office box situation as well. I see. And uh, so I was, you know, I was trying to establish myself. I was actually looking for, you know, looking to get an apartment in uh, like like um, northern Chicago. Uh, you know, the I'm a Cubs fan, so mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm sticking to northern Chicago. Um, but yeah, I wanted to stay. Uh, I wanted to sort of settle down there, and my aunt called me and just rang me on the phone, and mm. I was just like, "She oh, said, hi. hey, come live with me.' I'll yeah, you I was like, well, I don't own. have money, and she's like, well, 'Well, I'll send you money,' and she sent me wow. enough gas money to That's drive out. very sweet. Yeah, lifesaver. Was she close? Were you close with her before? Absolutely, that? we're still yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, that's sweet. God that's bless. Sweet. God bless. Yeah, my aunt is a man. Is that's an amazing. Incredible is an incredible and very generous person. Wow, that's touching. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. So you moved down into Maryland with your, with your aunt, and then how long are you living there for? Uh, almost a year, um, before I enlisted in the military. So what? My aunt was not happy about. Right. <laughs> Is she kind of more liberal version of like your dad? Yeah. More progressive. Definitely. Hates the military. Yeah. You know, she was a she was a John Edwards uh like supporter, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. a John Kerry supporter, uh, and then uh, Obama, like, uh, I think she was a Clinton and then Obama supporter in 2008. Okay. So a liberal she's, down the line. Yeah, she's definitely very, you know, centrist, democratic. Got it. Is your dad kind of a Trump guy? Is that what where his politics I fall? don't know. I haven't talked to my dad in over a decade. So okay. I don't know. Okay, interesting. Uh, I think the last time I spoke to my dad was in 2010, so. That's interesting. I was curious how he was I don't know. I let my I, I, my sister's the buffer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> let my sister. Well, we'll get we'll get to that. We have a long way to cover. Yeah. So you live with your aunt. You were still in touch with your dad at the time. Iraq's going on, and yep. you said. Now you said I wanted to join the army because that's where they needed people. Were Were you fulfilling some kind of patriotic duty? Did you I think feel? so. I yeah. you know um, I didn't have strong political. I, I didn't have a lot of political underpinning um, mm -hmm. at that age. Uh, I, I often like to joke that uh, in 2007, my politics consisted of uh, leave Britney alone. Okay. <laughs> and they and you know what's interesting about the leave That's Britney alone? Uh, Age well. They were right. Yeah. You guys were right. We all made fun of you, and you guys were right. Goddamn it. Yeah. So that was the extent of my politics <laughs> okay. in 2007. How uh, old were you when you enlisted in the army? I was 18. Oh. I think it was no, it was 19. I was 19 because I had 2007. So. Was it kind of just the typical military trap where you're like, I don't know what to do, and the military sounds like a good place to go? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and and you know the uh, it was everywhere. Like you know, the ads were constant. Uh, mm. The army strong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was really attractive for somebody sort of you know needing to find you know because like I felt lost at you know at 19 years old. I had been houseless. Um, 
I was struggling with all these different things, um, and I just really didn't have didn't really have a sense of like where I fit in the world. And mm. and then you know I was like struggling with being. I, I was I figured out by the time I was like 19 that I that you know like hey like maybe I need to like seek hormones or get mm. some kind of you know uh, therapy or, or something like that. And uh, and you know my father was just pushing me to man up like mm. you. And I and I did at you know I did at that age still want to like get my you know get my family's favor back you know so. So by the time you enlisted, were you kind of, did you, you were somewhat aware that you were trans? I, I, um, I, I knew I was gay because I was definitely. You were living as a gay I, man at I the was, time, right? Yeah, I was, yeah. Uh, I was in the D.C., uh, I was in the Chicago and then the D.C. gay scene. Uh, quite were a you bit. closeted, though, to your family at that time or you were out? Uh, I mean, I didn't exactly come out, but uh, I mean, it wasn't hiding it, you know. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You know, Me coming home with like a rainbow belt, you know, okay, like, okay, on Pride okay. Weekend is Got not, it. Not, yeah. not hiding. Okay. <laughs> so, enrolling in the military, were you somewhat afraid because you're living as a gay man and you think you might be trans? Were you afraid of what it would be like to live in the military with that identity? No, no. no. I, I had no idea what the real consequences of that I were. I see. I see. Mm. You know, uh, I you know, so I went to basic training and uh, I enlisted as an analyst. So I became an intelligence analyst and I worked in that uh, in sort of. You know, it's funny. Um, I became uh, I became an intelligence analyst because I didn't want to get like because like I work with computers and I have a background. I've always had a computer in my hand mm -hmm, like, since, mm -hmm. since I was like seven years old. I had like had this, you know, like rig in my apartment, in my, in my bedroom, right? My own computer, which, you know, like, I, like being like seven or eight years old, having a, having a computer with internet access. It's like, like everything in the mid nineties was just like, you know, something that most people didn't have access mm -hmm. to. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I've always, you know, I, I have an affinity with computers and I've always worked with computers, but actually, I actually wanted to be, a, be in a role that was more like about geopolitics, sort of thinking about things, tactics, strategy, understanding of people. Um, and uh, sort of uh, the, the the military has this phrase human terrain, understanding the human terrain, especially mm. in counterinsurgency operations. Mm. Um, and uh, and that's what I wanted to do, and I wanted to get into that. And then the first thing I do whenever I finish training, they, they hand me over this gigantic data science rig, which is you know a computer system and databases. And I'm just like, oh no. Why? <laughs> Why were you like, oh no? Because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. Because <laughs> you knew you were gonna misuse the deck. I mean, well, you can't help it, right? You know. Was it like a supercomputer at the time, just like a super gnarly? I mean, it was, it was it Dell Alienware. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, yeah. Well, so so you enlist. You do. How was boot camp for you? I mean, just right out the gate, because how long? I think is basic it? training. I had. A, yeah, I had long? nervous. I had like some a nerve injury on my right arm and left foot. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about it more in my book. Uh, you know, there's the plug right there. Hey, guys, there's a book coming out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> book is coming out. Something to look forward to towards yep. the end of the year. Uh, right? Working on the title. I think it's read, I think it's read Me. I think that's going to be the title. Read Me. Yeah. I it's a command. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, it's, it's an important thing because there's like a file in the mm. story. It's about reading. Double. Yeah. Double. So, love that. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, so basically uh, I... You know, I, I I was I was working with computers and doing data science, and um, and that was my role, and that was what I did. Um, did they did ask you what kind of role do you want, or did it yes. just happen? Yes. So like that? you get to pick your military occupational spe specialty okay. or MOS um, before you enlist in the army. Mm -hmm. It's not the same with other services. I don't know if it's changed or anything, but at the time, the army was where you went to sign up and know the role that you were going to be put in. Mm. That's interesting. Can you just sign up for whatever you want, or do you, do you have to take some aptitude test? 
Yeah, I took an aptitude test and I slam dunked it. Apparently, <laughs> you're smarty for the army. I mean, apparently, yeah. like I, I don't know, I and I haven't looked at it, but basically, I was like, I want to be, I want to do this, and like, you have to pass this test. I'm like, okay, like, did I pass? And like, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, because I would assume that analyst is one of the more probably. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember the only right? one that had. I, I think that one, one of the ones that had more aptitude was like, was like satellite communication specialist. Wow, specialist. very specific. Yeah. Yeah, but so the analyst basically is someone. It's an it's in a part of the intelligence branch, right? Yeah, it's the by definition. Yeah, and you crunch basically data to we Google. We, we you did, Google shit, yeah, is that we, right? Well, well, it's it's you know we do what Google does, which is just collect data and do analysis, right? So you get a bunch of data from the military, and basically they say, let let me just do math. <laughs> oh, it's math. Yeah, it's math. Can you give me an example? All right, now we're getting to machine learning, which is my specialty. Okay. So, uh, there is a number of different me means and methods in uh, in data science. Um, one of which was, was extremely popular at the time because this is this is before you know you had your uh, you had your NVIDIA graphics card in your machine, mm -hmm. uh, and you could uh, do neural networks or any of the kind of, kind of more advanced machine learning at the time. Um, you can use Bayesian statistics, which you know still requires a lot of uh, number crunching. And uh, it it'll, it uses a specific set of addition and in, addition instructions on something that is predictable, and it allows you to take a historical data set and move it forward into the future hmm. and look at what's possible in the future hmm. through a certain amount of through a certain amount of time. So, but like, what kind of stuff would you would you put in there, or like? I'm it can be anything. I mean, you know, uh, you, if. You know, stock tips. You want to put stock. You know, you want to put the stock market in into there. Uh, that's how the early, the earliest uh, stock stock market mo models were, were. But I mean, like in any Iraq, what was like the most common thing that you would analyze? like? How does that? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, well, I mean, I can't get into the the specific data, but um, generally, it's you know, it's people, places, locations, okay. times, mm. like you know, like certain certain criteria. You just try to find patterns. Yeah. It's just pattern now pattern analysis. Okay, mm. okay, I see. But um, you know, and now, now I do now I do this for a living still. Yeah. <laughs> still doing okay. the same thing. <laughs> it seems like so did you it sounds like you got an extensive education in the army. Is that uh, accurate? Because it's well, I mean, like I went to school to in the UK, which helps. Yeah, mm. so you already had been to college? Um, no, I well I essentially the the last two years of school in the UK, sixth form are the equivalent to the first two years of, of U.S. college education. So. Okay, so you And then I had an, uh, a third year, and then I had a third year. So I don't have a degree, but I have a lot of college credits. Got it. So, um, you know, uh, and now I don't need, to, don't need to bother. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you went to boot camp. You sustained some kind of injuries? Uh, yeah, some kind of nerve injury. I still don't know what it is to this day. I've had, I've had, I've had it looked at and whatever, and, um, you know, uh, it didn't disqualify me from trying again. So I just had issues with sort of the first few weeks of basic training. So okay. They held, they held me back for a few weeks. Okay. Um, and then I waited until I healed up and got a good sign off, good to go. And I went back and no, no, no problems. The second how time. was the basic, how was boot camp for you? Uh, I mean, so long ago, right? Um, I think, you know, I mean, obviously the first, the first few weeks were, were tough because I was like, I was like, ah, my, my, my arm's not working. I can't do a push-up, right? right? You know, it's just like, you know, you can't do a push-up. You're in basic training. Like, that's kind of the point of basic training. Uh, but yeah, once I got, once I got and actually saw like a doctor was like, yeah, there's an issue here. Like, we need to like look at, into it. 
um, then uh, then it, then it was smooth sailing for me. I basically fit in. And did you find camaraderie there amongst the? the I did. Guys? Yeah. Yeah, I you did. Fit in. Um, I think I think one of the most fascinating things about sort of indoctrination to the military is, um, you know, you you get because I I wasn't from you know like my father was in the navy, but like I didn't really know much about the military. But once I got in, once I was sort of brought into uh, the military culture. Uh, and started to understand it, I've always felt sort of, um, I've, I, I find that in institutional environments now, and this, this goes with prison as well, and jails, and, and jails, and being houseless as well, I find that in, in institutional environments, I find that I bond with people hmm. very quickly, mm-hmm. and I sort of start to learn sort of the, you know, rules, expectations, roles that you, you know, that you sort of fit in. Um, in these kinds of environments, um, you know, sometimes harsh environments, and uh, and yeah, you know, I I find I make friends very quickly. I make connections very quickly. I I, I develop trust and rapport with people very mm-hmm. quickly. So yeah, I, I you know, I felt throughout the, my time in the military, I felt you know close to people. I, I can relate to that. I did too. Yeah, because I did the army in Israel, and um, in boot camp, I remember like getting really close group of friends yeah you're around you're around each other 12 14 hours a day and it's like people who maybe in outside of it you would never become friends but when you're put in that situation you kind of like develop that bond yeah it's a it's a bond that's hard to describe yeah like the uh you know sort of uh camaraderie Mm -hmm. or uh, kinship i guess the reason i ask is because you were living as a gay man i wasn't sure how the army was accepting of that were you closeted at the time? I or was. Just kind of don't ask, don't tell. Don't ask, don't tell. At this yeah. time, um, I mean, it was sort of, I would say, 2008. When I, when I before before I before I went over into Iraq um, in 2009, I would say that uh, I started started to become more aware of the idea that there might be a period of time in which there isn't a don't ask, don't tell, in which I don't have to hide this from my, you know, because it seems silly to, like, hide something that everybody, everybody knew. Everybody okay. Knew. So it wasn't, like, it was not as serious in 2008 as it was in the 90s. Got um, it, got that it, was got my it. sense. And I, and I was in a non-sort of combat role. Yeah. So it wasn't like yeah. I was an, I wasn't a door kicker. I was yeah. a number cruncher. Yeah. So I, I got the sense that, um, that I, that I was pretty, and, you know, and this is, the intelligence field is, at least in, in our unit, we were sixty percent female. So mm-hmm. you know, like this is a this is this is again oh, not, is that right? not infantry. You know, this is not not ground pounder type. So of most of your colleagues, when you went to Iraq and actually started doing the an, the analyzing, were were women. Yes, it was mm-hmm. a, it was it was mo- it was primarily like women were the majority in my office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, uh, I, I I got the sense that nobody cared. Well, that's that's, that's great. But uh, trans. Stuff was a different matter. Okay. I started that, and that started to kick in for me um, while I was while I was deployed. I was like, you know, because I was I was doing things like cross dressing and you know trying to explore this uh, new thing um, quite a bit uh, more. And uh, and that that was uh, that was a that was a bit more difficult. That, I see. You couldn't get around that. That one that one was not. People were not understanding. Yeah, and of that. I think that that was where I started to feel more frustration and more sort of distance and more alienation mm-hmm. i think during around that time it's funny you go well you know being being homosexual is more accepted understood and i think at the same time this issue of being trans was probably a really new conversation and yeah. i don't think people 
I think they've yeah. come a long way. I think people there's like insane amounts of transphobia in the world that's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, well, but, I, you uh, know, like I often like yeah. have to remind people, like in 2010, like nobody was talking about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And then totally. I came out of prison in, two, in 2017, and it's like the main issue mm. that people want to talk about. And now in 2022, like I just want people to shut up about it. Really? Like, please, please leave us alone. Mm. We cannot do this. We, we, I mean, you know, like, you know, whenever, of course, you know, they, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, you want to recruit people. Well, guess what? Yeah, I kind of do. I'm like, I'm coming for you. Oh, yeah. We're coming we're, for we're, your yeah, kids. We're, yeah, we're coming. We're <laughs> coming for you. We're going to. Yeah, they're going to fuck you on clipped, that. Yeah. They're going to be on Fox News. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Guess what? We, we are. Manning we are I mean, is. And, you know, and this, this goes back to Harvey Milk, you know, like Harvey Milk, you know, like his, his whole pitch, you know, running, running for supervisor in San Francisco was, uh, my name is Harvey Milk and I'm here to recruit you. So, uh, yeah, I'm here to recruit you. There you go. <laughs> well, it's a glamorous lifestyle, and everybody loves you for being trans. Yeah, and you get to take you get to take these nice pretty pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so we're in boot camp. Things are going pretty good. And then, how long are you in boot camp? And then you get get before you get deployed to Iraq. Oh, I wasn't in, so. Um, I mean, boot camp is a Navy term. Just okay, uh, it's a Navy uh, and Marine Corps. Term, what would I? What do you? What call is it, it in? Uh, it's basic training. Basic training. Yeah. Basic training. Got basic. It. Yeah. Um, little little terminology correction there for for the for the military. Gruffner, <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, like. Um, but yeah, I, so I actually spent uh, about a year uh, with my unit in uh, in upstate New York, Fort Drum, New York. Um, that was what I was attached to. Um, and, uh, and I just did, just did like watch the Canadian border type stuff, hmm. you know, just make sure that, you know, Canadians aren't invading. They don't get <laughs> in here, damn it. Yeah. So, uh, go, uh, the, uh, our mission was, uh, Homeland Security. That was mm. I see. Our role for a year. And then we went and, uh, we actually were actually, we're, we're actually supposed to go to Afghanistan in 2000, uh, in December, 2009 was, we were originally slated to go to Afghanistan. Um, but the Obama administration shifted over uh, a few units and moved things around to cause a surge in Afghanistan, uh, go, leading into 2010 and 2011. So it was a, a shift of resources from Iraq, which was drawing down and moving to Afghanistan. Got it. So we actually got bumped up on the on the calendar to I think September or October of 2009, and then we had our theater change. So then we ha all this work that I'd done for a year pre-deployment for mm. Afghanistan. Mm was thrown away and uh and it's like hey oh just kidding like you're going to iraq and you're going to iraq like in three months so mm. uh, so how does that happen they're like hey just someone comes and they're like all right you have three months and we're going to iraq yeah this is this yeah. is big this is big thing in the military called or the army called the patch chart it's like where the where, where the big divisions and brigade combat teams are and at least in the time this time frame and so it would you would see like the patches of the different units and uh and the numbers and it would be like in different part, points of time where they were, and it would be shifted over. But yeah, mm -hmm. you, you you would check the patch chart if you wanted to know when you were deploying. Only certain people even knew like the time frame. It was like you know, it was it, the 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 troop movements tend to be you know uh, secret. So. When you're in the army, do you go back home every weekend, or how you know, does it work? Like overseas. Not a, not yeah. a, oh, at the base. That one year. Yeah, I went. On, I went on. I, I went. I went at home for the weekend. I mean, lived. I lived upstate New York, which you know was a drive drive down to Maryland. It's mm. Right. It's not too far. Right. Like six, five six hours. So yeah, mm. I could do. We 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 had for three or four day weekends. We had weekend passes. 
uh, I, on multiple occasions, definitely violated the 75-mile rule. Uh, you can't well. leave, you can't go within 75 miles? Yeah, you can't go, you can't leave uh, 75 miles of a base, uh, at least at Fort Drum uh, in 2009. And, uh, and I did, I went down to Maryland for the weekend sometimes. <laughs> Why is that? Just for army readiness? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 I think, it, I think it's 50, I think it's typically 50, 50 miles for most bases. But. Yeah. So you get deployed to Iraq. Are you nervous to go? You, I mean, no, that's I'm a excited. big deal. You're I, excited. I'm excited. You want to work. You want to Yeah. Get. You know, like I enlisted, obviously, yeah. with the intention of mm -hmm. the troop search and being involved in that. And mm -hmm. it sort of didn't pan out that I was going to be there. But uh, I was excited. I was ready to do my job. I was super happy, thrilled to finally do what I had trained to do, what I was preparing to do, what I'd spent uh, a year of my life preparing for, you know, in, in terms of doing my work and being very prepared for it and, uh, and uh, genuinely being excited. And I, I hit the ground running, really. That's interesting. So, <clears throat> by the way, how do they fly you over there? Do they have their own charted army planes? Yeah. So you do, I see sometimes yeah. they fly just coach. Yeah, basically they just uh, they just take they just take like a Delta plane and they mm. just uh, they're like oh for they, real yeah they they contract out like uh, airlines uh, and just say like the you know this, the the pilots are Delta or really? United or huh. American uh, American Airlines and then your the the um, stewardess or the the um, the flight attendants are. Uh, that that as well, and uh, it's just like, and then it's just us with our our right. So it's all it's all military. <laughs> the whole and, plane, yeah. And you still get and the, the officers get the first class upstairs. Ah, uh, that's <laughs> of course. And they still serve you peanuts and all that stuff and water. It's like a normal yep. flight. <laughs> yeah, it's like a normal flight except you have a Wow, that's very interesting. <laughs> I, I, I actually, actually have a picture. I, I have this funny picture that I that I have uh, even to this day, uh, where I, I took a picture of of uh, of uh, it was my. Uh, it was, it was my M16, or mm -hmm. my M, sorry, my M4. Mm -hmm. And my M4 is just like sitting there with like, with, with like the, the optic. And it's sitting in my chair and it's like, <laughs> uh, like in, in like a plane. I'm just like, TSA is really let, letting their Okay, so we land in Iraq. Do you go with your team from before or is at that point? We just split up a little bit to I shift see. everything over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people, yes. Yeah. People, so like no. you know, there's like the torch party, and then there's like the pre party, and then there's the main body, and then there's the stragglers. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I see. So you you land, and then like how quickly do you have to like a big travel to go to your new base? Do you, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I was like very very movie, right? You know, you you get you you get into a C-130, and then you get off of the C-130, you go into you know you're processed in and. What's then, a C one hundred and thirty like? A armored vehicle? No, C one hundred and thirty is a uh, C one hundred and thirty rolling down the strip. It's a plane. You know, oh, it's a it's plane. The air, it's the airborne plane. It's the plane that you know people jump out out of. Uh, is that the one we, that Biden was in, Dan? I think it was the C seventeen. Oh, okay. So no, you land at the airport. You get on a new plane. One of these big and fly. Oh, okay, just with the. I see. I see. I see. Wait, is that a C one hundred and thirty? Yeah, that's a C one hundred and thirty. It's like open on the side. Yeah, some of those are AC 130s, which those are the ones that have like they actually have like a howitzer like on the side that shoots. Uh, it's like a big cargo right. plane for people to parachute out of. But you, obviously, did, you didn't do that. No, we didn't. You didn't <laughs> jump out. Of it. Yeah. No, we didn't jump out of it. But uh, yeah, we we landed, but it was a combat landing, so it's like your <gasps> your stomach goes up near your chest. What What does that mean? It's like you know, it's like a it's like you're on a roller coaster, like Ooh. oh really? Going, that intense? Yeah, it's like straight down. Oh my god. <laughs> They're doing that to like evade. Yeah. 
Because, yeah, see. you know, it's a war zone. I see. So uh-huh. the, just to lessen their descent area. Really? Wow, interesting. But yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, and then uh, and then we took a helicopter out to our uh, remote base in east, you know, east of Baghdad, eastern Baghdad. Interesting. Wow. So it was remote. Was there like a military prison, or was it kind of a secret thing? Uh, oh, the base. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was remote. It was a hammer, uh, which is um, thirty kilometers east of the of the main part of eastern Baghdad. So nothing around. Just you, a, if you're just, just crunching credit. numbers, why why the remote base? Uh, the, the for for the drawdown, uh, one of the agreements for the drawdown was to reduce the number of um, the number of uh, bases and oh, and positions in the cities. I see. So you were you were uh, d- part of a dwindling force. Yes. Of uh, U.S. military. Yeah, we were going home. I see. At I this see. Time. Was that odd for you to be flying into Iraq as everyone's leaving? Uh, well, no, because it was it was it wasn't clear that we were leaving at that time. Hmm. Um, so it, there was a debate about it. Like, obviously, part of the drawdown was leave the cities. Obama had said that you know he had set a timetable. It was actually the Bush administration's timetable for leaving uh, for the withdrawal, and that which then became Obama's timetable. Right. Um, and so. You know, we it it looked like we might be, but we also were hedging, sort of like, okay, what if we need to bring back more? I and they're like, I remember there was still construction going on. Okay. Even while we were talking about leaving. Hmm. So very much one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah. So you're stationed here. So how many people are you basically stationed with? Uh, wow. Um. I think it was, I don't remember the numbers, but it was at least 1,500 in the base. Well, how many people Whoa. did you wor- have like an immediate working with? Is that big to you, 1,500? Sounds yeah. like a Seven. lot. Yeah, it was, was medium-sized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, U.S. military is big. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my base had maybe like 40 people. Yeah, know. did it? that was really the number of people 40? in my office. Oh. It was very small. That was the number of people in my office, like 40. The number of people, so, and they were all analysts, or were they doing all kinds of different stuff? Analysts, yeah, different, different, different roles. Is your work collaborative, or is it kind of just like a wolf, solo wolf stuff? We were work group style, baby. We were, we were doing the, we were doing the Silicon Valley uh, um, working group. Interesting. Yeah, in that time, we, like, we were doing the, the lean, sort of lean uh, office type environment where you know rotating roles and. Um, you know, like you, you, you would have a different, you'd have different roles at different times. It was, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because like the rest of the military is very hierarchy, is mm-hmm, very hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? It's just like you're, you are, you know, you like you, you, you have a captain who mm-hmm. has a first sergeant who mm-hmm. has a staff sergeant yeah. and, or a, or a math or, or, you know, some, some, uh, you know, like a, or, or some sergeant or whatever who goes down with the corporal and goes down to the privates, right? And no, it was not like that. It was very fluid. Hmm. No, every, everybody sort of had their different positions and roles. It was a bit more horizontal and a bit more fluid in terms hmm. of like the actual work hmm. because it's a bottom-up sort of structure. The intelligence work is stuff that comes in and then is brought up and you know uh, um, presented to the the uh, staff officers. Interesting. The, you know the, the staff officers being you know your um, your commander, their XO. Um, their administrative officer, their intelligence officer, their operations officer, their supply officer, et cetera, mm-hmm. legal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're, you're basically working with a bunch of analysts. And basically, at what point do you start thinking, like, 
you know, start having kind of like uh, gender, gender. Uh, Why this? Is, this is this has been ongoing. This is this has never stopped. But it's you had mentioned that it got really bad when you were deployed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, it was definitely becoming more marked and more uh, of a significant uh, sort of thing as I was, you know, and and then it continued on because like uh, I, I don't we're not going to get into the twenty into the twenty ten leaks themselves, but um, we started it, but I, I so I got arrested obviously for a big leak. Um, which the contents of which I cannot discuss sure. um, mm -hmm. under non-disclosure agreements existing to this day from yeah. 2007, yeah. Um, uh, which has made writing a book very difficult, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, getting it through the, the publication process was, uh, has, has caused a significant amount of delay. Um, we did go to the government for permission because we don't want to get sued out into oblivion. Sure, uh, yeah, of course. And, unlo and unlike, you know, someone like Ed, like Edward Snowden, uh, who you know lives in Russia? I live in the United States, and I have to pay taxes. Right. Mm -hmm. I've, I've I've got the IRS, so I gotta I you know I, I can't I can't play around. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, we've been very careful with with sort of uh, writing the book. But uh, but yeah, by the time I got into the prison system, um, it was clear. Like I was like, yes, this is this That's is when you this is important to me. I'm trans. I know what I need. Um, but by that time, it was it, you know the lawyers had basically written it off as like too late. Uh, for me to sort of like seek that, but I didn't give up. And so, you know, I went through this, this long court martial process and basically I waited until after that court martial process because it was just so intensive because it was literally a year, it was a three and a half year long process through the court yeah. system, you know, the military court oh, system. Our dog just did a big old puke. Nice. Better? That's a good, that's, <laughs> that's some chunks. Yeah, he has a puking problem. He pukes all the time, poor boy. Aww. So, so what? Well, something striking about your story is actually you were the first uh, military person to undergo like hormone therapy yeah. and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, at least at least with it with approval, people have been taking like this first been, first there, acknowledged have, person yeah, by the military, have, especially especially guys taking like, extra testosterone. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and there have been trans. You know, there, I, I remember there's actually a story of a trans person who enlisted who enlisted in the military, and uh, and just while going through a unit transition, just like made just said that there was a gender marker mistake in their <laughs> paperwork, and then somebody just like clicked a button and they just got it done. Wow! By, oh and they got away with it for like a year. Whoa! That's crazy. <laughs> wow. So, for example, uh, do you get like? They have like the male uniform and the female uniform. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I Were you very gendered right. existence? Was that difficult for you at the time there, or were I you mean, in prison? In prison, it became like it became very important, like for to, for the prison to enforce. And we were. Uh, I I had um, the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, Chase Strangio, uh, fantastic attorney and a fantastic advocate to this day mm -hmm. uh, on trans issues, um, fighting lots and lots of legal battles. Uh, all the way up to the Supreme Court, in some cases, on a regular basis, uh, including many of these like bullshit laws that keep at, that keep getting proposed and passed in uh, in like the state houses. Um, and uh, but yeah, he was my attorney, and uh, you know we 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 like fought on all these different nitpicky little reg regulations and things to get. That's incredible. What you so, yeah. one of the things yeah. that we lost that we never won on until I until I was released, and it was the day that I was I released was like the day that I stopped cutting my hair because. They did not oh. let up on the hair. That's They're like, really? you can get hormones. We can give you makeup. 
We can give you all these different things. We can give you all these. But not the but hair. But hair, no. They would just did not want to relent on hair. Well, what? women in the military can grow their hair, right? Yeah. And so I wonder why. Six seventy dash one, baby. Oh, is that the code? That's the What's code. the code? Is there like a length regulation? Yeah, there's, a, there's a whole regulation. Yeah. It, cha- it changes every. So why year. why do you why think it was hair? that they were stuck on that one? Yeah. I, we have no idea. Interesting. It's, uh-huh. it's uh, the, the all they had to do was was do a, a one page exception of policy, and they just would not relent. I would think it, makeup would be more of a. So that's what we thought. Right. Like, yeah. We, we did. We expected to not get makeup and to, to get hair. Get the hair. <laughs> just, do you think it was a spite thing or just a weird bureaucracy thing? I I don't know. Maybe they're worried about court cases and sort of because they they have they have a prison system. Military has a prison system, and I think they might have been worried about uh, uh about different uh, religious groups in prison wanting their hair exceptions mm. approved. Okay. They thought it maybe it was a. If they allow one, so to speak. then yeah. yeah right. Okay. So yeah, th- it was. It wasn't so much spite with me as spite against like a, lo- a whole host of different mm-hmm. groups of people. I see, <laughs> just general spite. So I want to ask you more th- about your time in Iraq. But if just if feel yeah. free, if I ask a question that you can't answer, just let me know. And I'll, I'll yeah, I mean, well, you know, just like it's just dark. It's just dark period of time, and now it's even darker. It is why. I mean, I, I feel like you know, I, I feel like the U.S. is uh, you know the U.S. is going through. Uh, it's going through. A, going through some things going through a, a time period you know and, and actually the my whole life experience um you know uh everything was like you know like I, I went from like 2010 and you know being like free and out that was the last time that i was like free and out um before i went uh into the the uh that bat well not even that like oh. you know uh, deployed de- oh. re- returning to my deployment and then going to prison and then coming out in t- in 2017 and um, yeah, it was like, I was like, oh shoot, stuff is about to go down here. Mm. Like that vibe, like I, it was immediate. Like I went through like a three day, three or four day cool down period, you know, kind of like just sort of like getting a sense of like, okay, like, you know, cause I remember the first time I looked at uh, an iPhone, right. You know, it's, it's not that I didn't know how to use it. It was that it was like my, my brain was like fried by the, by the sort of instant, like deluge of information mm, right mm. from it and like even like the 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 sort of super small pixels on the screen mm. just sort of like we're like wow this is like this is like making my eyes hurt mm, um mm. so actually like i needed like a cool down period of like a few days um but yeah but as soon as i got out uh i was like oh this is different <laughs> the vibe is different the vibes right, are off it was right. sort of the boiling frog is that the sense that i got right. it was like this is a remark like because like trump trump had been elected the year before um, yeah. There was the whole election cycle before that. Um, you know, you this this was post Occupy, post Ferguson. You know, the uh, militarization of the police, um, the sort of rise of right wing extremism. Um, Charlottesville happened only Charlottesville. a few weeks after. Yeah, that was a that was a and that I had, was a and dark time. Friends, and I had friends who, yeah. who I, and I had friends who you know were were out there protesting. Really? So you you went into prison. Obama was president. You came out. Trump was president. Yeah. So that that was yeah. probably, yeah. And my actually uh, one of the one of the most alarming part parts of my whole life story is the fact that like I spent as I, I I Obama commuted me at the end of at the end of his term, but he commuted me to time served plus 120 days. Mm-hmm. So 
I had 117 days of the Trump administration. I was like, oh boy. You thought he might take it, he might <laughs> fuck with you? I mean, it hadn't happened, but this was a this was definitely was unprecedented. Uh, well, you were facing thir your full term was like 35 years, right? Yeah, it was 35 years. I got I got sentenced to 35 years, so I got 28 28 years like cut That's, off. Wow. And if you but also the thought of facing down another 28 years if Trump decided to try to do something. Well, yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, and, and I honestly the, told the day I was released, like the morning, the morning that I was like in upstate New York, like, okay, I'm out. Um, was uh, I was like, this isn't happening. You're right, not right, right. That's right. crazy. And I remember, I remember that, like, I, I remember I went through this whole process and, and actually needed therapy over this, which was like, sort of like, because like when you're when you're given a 35 year sentence, yeah. You, and you've had time to digest that. Seven years is a pretty hefty amount of time. Oh yeah. When you've had time to digest that, you're like, okay, this is this it. is it. This is it. This is happening. You write all that off in your brain. So like the idea that I was going to be let out and be like, op be opening up a credit card, you know, opening up a credit card balance or buying or renting an apartment or paying bills, just just unfathomable. Weird, surreal. Yeah, just so yeah, far, yeah, it was so yeah. far away that, you know, I just didn't even think about it or didn't even worry about it and I just wrote it off and then to have that be returned to me huh. was actually a shock to my system mm -hmm. and that, that's, that I think is, in my opinion, that's sort of the definition of institutionalization is whenever right. you have accepted sort mm -hmm. of that, you know, like your, most of your adult life is written off. Right. You have plenty of time to, you know, screw around in prison and, and play video, you know, or play, uh, uh, play Dungeons and Dragons and, and dice, Dice games. Is that what you did in prison? I did. Yes. Oh, doesn't sound that bad <laughs> when you put it that way. Did you have good friends? <laughs> like I did. Yeah, I had I had a lot of friends in prison. Um, you know, uh, you know, you again, you know, institutional environment. You develop camaraderie, make yeah. friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I connected really well with the people that I was that I was there with. Um, we had one very simple and important rule in prison, which was. Don't ask anybody what the crime is and don't look into it. Oh, for don't, real? You don't, don't want to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. Because it makes things a lot smoother and a lot easier when you don't know. Oh, that's real interesting. But everyone probably knew who you were, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It didn't matter. Were but you I, given a chance to wrap things up, say goodbye? No, I was. Yeah, to to your fellow prisoners. It was immediate. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, they took me. They, they're like, we're not like. But you, you know, knew the day was coming. I knew the day was coming, but they put they put me in they put me in a separate unit immediately. When the community, yeah, they, they saw it on T like the prison staff saw it on T like I, it's in my book like a whole story about it. But like there was they saw it on TV and they're like, oh, you're you're going, you're, you're, we're we're putting you aside. Why'd they do you, that? Uh, I think they just didn't want anything bad to happen to me in the meantime. Mm. Like anything. Interesting. An injury in the workshop. If only know. Epstein's prison guards were as careful mm. with yeah, him as they were yeah. With you. Oh yeah, it's super suspicious. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> super suspicious. How they? How I they... want to be. I want. I have opinions on this. Okay. Actually, somebody who's been incarcerated in the in both both the military and the federal and the. And, and I mean, you were a high priority prisoner, but Jeffrey Epstein was a very high priority prisoner. Yeah. We can do an aside here. What do you think about that whole sh thing about how murder? Yeah, murder. murder. You do. <laughs> that's that's how, how that's how a prison murder happens. Mm -hmm. I've I know when it happens. I'm not gonna say I'm not, I'm not gonna say like some of the sad stories from prison where we know bad stuff happened because like you know it's like how do you prove it as an inmate? But um, and some of these stories are in my book. Um, and uh, but yeah, like definitely 
because it's, it's like it's super like it's definitely like oh yeah i'm just like that's suspicious the cameras were off that's the how you do it weren't that's on. how you do it if you want to if you want to get rid of somebody in prison that's how you do it the guards do that kind of thing that's all they do they really? just fuck with people yeah they fuck with people this, i mean you know, ma stick? imagine this imagine you're sitting there and your job is to is to watch inmates for 12 hours mm -hmm. and you're just sitting there bored tossing your piece of paper or whatever like of course you're gonna screw with us like we're we're like and we're not and like nobody you know nobody listens to inmates nobody you know um i, I want to say this real fast because i'm you know, i'm really passionate about this and that is um you know i've, I've been asked a lot, you know people ask me often ask me a lot was it scary being in prison or you know like like, you know, how, how are people in pr prison? And I, and I just got to say this. Time and time again, the most violent and dangerous people in prison, without question, were prison guards. Every uh -huh. single time. And this was military, civilian, um, state, federal, uh, just endless amounts of uh, fear and anxiety of the arbitrariness and and the, uh, the, the sort of lack of, expecta uh, of, of consistent expectations mm. of what uh, a CO or a prison guard or, or somebody who was watching at, or a correctional uh, officer of any, of any variety mm. was going to do, mm. um, and the senior staff as well. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's like, it's like, it haunts me to this day because, like, I, you know, I don't associate, like, somebody who's, like, in a prison uniform with, with like, a threat. Whereas, like, I see somebody like in a in in a in a CO uniform, and I'm like, ooh. You have a little trauma yeah. left over. From oh this. yeah, definitely. So sad. Do you think it attracts sickos who like power? Absolutely. That's what it is. And it, it's even worse than being in some in some respects. I think it's actually worse than being like a regular cop because at least a regular cop gets to, like carry a gun, right? Mm. They're sort of like the the second thought, like they're the they're the sort of like afterthought sort of cops, right? Was there any kind of nor was there? normal prison guards or was it just an accepted culture of like these are our objects to fuck with and do what we want i would say that it's that there that it's a rule of thirds which is pretty consistent with what i've seen in other in other institutions um so there is uh there there are the prison guards who are goody two-shoes they care about their job they really um they they really think that they're doing a, a good they're doing a service or whatever and they're fair to you guys and the and they try to be fair okay um they, they're, that's a high attrition rate. That's a fast turnover rate. Right, of makes people. sense. Yeah. Then there's the, the then the there, there's the prison guards who, um, who look the other way at the bad apples, right? Okay. They're like, I'm just doing a job. I'm cutting a paycheck. Um, you know, I don't, I, I hear no evil, see no evil. They're not I'm, sadistic. They just, they're just here to work. Right. But if they see something that's, that's sketchy, they will look the other way. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the, then, then there's the people who are absolutely sadistic. They will do the worst kinds of things. They will play games. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal. They'll, they're wow. just, and they get away with there it and nobody lot. will question. And then it's the other, and then the worst part is that, that, that other third of people who look, look the other away. way, yeah. just look, you know, don't do anything and they don't say anything. So when, when there's like a really sick prison guard, um, does anything ever happen to them? Ever? Very rarely. I've never seen it. I've, I've, I've only ever seen people re retaliated against for reporting it to, and that includes uh, other CEOs. Other guards. <clears throat> well, that happens in the police as well. Just yeah, normal it's the same. Police. It's the same, the blue wall of silence kind of thing is, is, is What was the most uh, effed up thing that you saw a prison guard do? It's you? in my book. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's, it's. How about the second dark. most then? Uh, second darkest thing. <laughs> second darkest thing um, that I've seen in, uh, in, in prison guards do. Um, 
uh, it's not it's not one thing, but like there's just neglect of of people with mental health issues, right? Wow. People who people say I'm in a, I like a person having a mental health crisis, saying I'm having a dark time. I'm I'm have I'm not doing so good right now. Mm -hmm. I need to see somebody, mm. and the just absolute like disgust or um, disregard, and then placing that person in a more dangerous situation, right? Putting them in a cell alone with their with, with sort of like bootlaces or something, right? They're like, do it. Yeah, they're essentially. And, yeah, and then whenever and then whenever somebody follows through with it, they're just like, oh well, we didn't know, and mm -hmm. you know, like, the cameras whoa, whoa, weren't that's on. So sick. Yeah, it's they, just it's just it's just extremely dark. Wow. They really see you as some other things. I would imagine, yeah. not or, human, yeah. subhuman. Yeah, and I think I mean that it's kind of what society's taught us, right? Yeah. Because like, law, you know, it's the law and order effect, right? In my mind, um, because like we, we have this very pop culture understanding of 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 the, the justice system, right? Um, which is, you know, uh, a, a crime takes place, um, an offender or a suspect is, is arrested, um, a prosecutor uh, builds a case with the detectives or, or the officers or whatever, and then it goes to trial, uh, and then there's a long, there's sort of a trial process which never really actually happens with plea deals, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and then, there, then after the trial, there, you know, somebody goes to, you know, somebody goes to jail, and that's the end of the story, right? You know, like it's it's that's the end of the story. But for that person, typically, they that's not the end of the story. It's years and years and years of of the rest right, of their lives. Right. People grow. People change. Mm -hmm. People people really do change. And it doesn't take that long. It takes maybe you know, especially especially if you're in your twenties. It doesn't you know it's five you know five years in your twenties is a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in terms of like uh, of your of your personality and sure. and your sort of, sort of changing. So you would, see, you know, I, and, I, and I've seen this a lot, where you know, somebody, somebody, somebody who is like a terrible person will like become like a really like stable, hmm. you know, reasonable person like a, within a within a, within a three to four year period of time, right? And so um, we ha we sort of forget that about pe people because of this pop culture thing, uh, and and it's and even even with like ju justice reform advocates, I have this problem because like they're very focused on like the 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 at the scene. Um, police brutality type stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You know, which is which is awful, right? You know, it's like murdering. It's it's like murdering of people, murdering of, of houseless people, um, the abuse of people, um, not taking you know not taking people of color or immigrants at their word whenever they say that, that, that they've been abused or they've been harassed or that you know that that uh, that they've been falsely accused of something. You know, like there are a lot of criminal justice aspects that focus on that, but they forget that like that's. That we have two million people, and we have like yeah. well, I think it's what uh, over Almost two million. A percent, uh, a whole percent. Yeah, it's like twenty-five percent right. of the world's prison population yeah. is in the United States. Yeah, and we you know often voiceless, often not unseen, mm -hmm. often forgotten about, even by people who really do care and really really do want to focus on these issues because of just sort of the way we've sort of focused on stuff. Because we, we focus on stuff because we can see whenever there's pol police brutality yeah. right. that happens on a cell phone camera. We can mm -hmm. see when that happens, but when it ha when it happens in a prison, there's no cell phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the prison system is one of the most in America now. It's one of the biggest uh, problems we have as a society. I mean, the yeah. way that it's privately owned, yeah. that there's a vet, a financial interest in keeping people in prison for as long as possible. Absolutely. And also, there's a profit motive, so like the conditions are going to be 
horrible. Yeah, the They're prison industrial complex. Is, it's just a, it's a fucking nightmare. It really is. Yeah. And, and like nonviolent offenders in prison. I mean, it's just fucking horrible. Yeah. It's hard to bridge that gap when you don't get to see what goes on there. Yeah, exactly. And that, you know, How do I, you go to battle over something you don't see? And, and as much yeah. as I have solidarity with people, like I, I remember 2020 with George Floyd, with the, with the George Floyd yeah. protest and um, Breonna Taylor protest. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, you know, I felt this affinity and the solidarity with, with them. But like, it's, it's also, it's also don't forget about people in prison because yeah. We, yeah. we don't have cameras mm -hmm. in prison. We can't take our own cell phone photos. We or videos. We, you know, this stuff happens. The revolution. I've seen this stuff with my own yeah, eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, you have to believe me that this mm -hmm. happened. It seems also that people are just getting, do you think in general people are getting over-sentenced? They're going to prison for too long. You said that you could change in five years. Yeah. You think, I mean, 35 years is insane almost for any crime. Do you yeah, think? Yeah, oh yeah, my, uh, I'm a very different person than I was at 22. Mm -hmm. Very different. Yeah, I mean, 22, you're still a kid, I'm, yeah, in all absolutely. honesty, you know. Yeah, I, when I came out of prison, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm like way different. You my still family have a chance. You to like you still have a chance to also build a life i feel like where if you are released after 35 years what, yeah what happens with you then i like, mean you know it's the end of shawshank institutionalized yeah. shawshank yeah, redemption exactly. right you know, yeah the characters who like I, i'm not gonna lie i when i the first time that i was hurt that i heard about that i was getting out of prison i was actually scared that was, was your it, first reaction um, it wasn't my first reaction, but like there was a couple days when I started to absorb that this is a possibility, and I was like, I, I, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. I'm scared because I, what's changed, what's different, you know, what, um, you know, it was like an overwhelming thought. And this was only after seven years, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine somebody who's, who, who's never held a cell phone before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, who's spent 30, 40 years in prison. I mean, you know, I, and, you know, what I've, I've, I've now had a chance to meet people who have spent, many decades in prison and be released and they are you know after a couple of years there the the adapt the the adaptiveness of humans is, is pretty incredible mm -hmm. but the the fear and the anxiety that comes with being released from prison for the first time is is very real mm -hmm. and it's very and, and it sticks with you for a while it lingers mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um and and i you know and i'm still in therapy you know for for uh dealing with institutionalization i'm still in therapy for sort of de dealing with the consequences of spending uh, such a su such a large amount of time in like a, a hostile in institutional environment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, it's very much it's very much still a part of my you know um, the difficulty that I have with you know developing you know long term relationships and friendships and things because you know like you know both 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 in prison and in and uh, and and in the military you know like I knew who had my back mm -hmm. and I knew what tomorrow brought and you now out here. I don't. Mm -hmm. mm. I don't know who to trust, mm. and I don't know if somebody's putting on a front because I'm not with them 14 hours a day. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like you know, uh, and, and I don't know if they have my back. I don't know who who's who's like. I know the the prison guard's going to be unfriendly, but I know that like that this group of inmates here is going to have my back or whatever. And I don't have that out here. I'm not sure quite how far people are going to you know look out for me or who's going to be like uh, out and against me in a few in a few weeks or a few months. And I don't know what tomorrow brings. You know, I'm I'm switching from time zone to time zone. I'm going from city to city. I whereas like I was I always knew I was going to be in in, in Oscar two two seven right my, mm. my cell Oscar two two seven in Oscar housing unit right for you know years. Were you you are out? Are you kind of living as a trans person in prison? Were the were the guards and the uh, prisoners accepting of that as well? 
Um, I would say the inmates are pretty accepting. Uh, That's I think, I think the prison though. guards were. I think the prison guards were a little weirded out by it, but they got used to it. But mm. um, I'm I'm. I think I'm just like a force of will. Like I'm just like a force of energy. Like in terms of my personality, so I I really, you know, I, I I'm very sociable and I'm really like engaged with people and I'm very extroverted. So I I just got to you know like if if I encountered somebody who you know had res reservations or hesitations about it, I would just like just be like, all right, let's play some basketball or something. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like just see how I am. Like you know, judge for yourself. That's very interesting, though. It seems like throughout your military and prison experience where you would expect people to be kind of more traditional or masculine that they were accepting of either your gayness or your transness yeah i think i think that the i think that military people at least in that time frame get a bit of a bad rap you know in terms that's, of like that's very that's encouraging yeah at least. i mean or, or maybe nice i'm just so uh, or maybe i'm just so skewed in my mentality that i just i that i see you know that that i haven't really encountered it you know or i, I don't see it as much because like you know like i i but yeah, like when I see it happen to somebody else, though, I get oh, I get defensive. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, yeah. But I, I, and I think that I'm not as near. I, I don't nearly take things as personally, and so, and I, and I try to, you know, if somebody if somebody's like transphobic to me, um, in in a prison environment, and I want to be specific, like the context here, if somebody's transphobic to me, I'm just like, okay, bring it. Like, what, like, what, what's your issue here? Like, I'm I'm very upfront about it, and it doesn't always work, but mm -hmm. you usually. Usually they start to warm up, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and they start to be like, "Okay, like you're different, you're, mm -hmm. you know," which is not, which is still an element of transphobia mm -hmm. in my mind. It doesn't mean that they're not a transphobic person, but I've had to deal with people like that, and you know, I, I can see that there's like some ice breaking that happens because we're in an environment like that. Mm -hmm. Now out here, it's a different story. Yeah, I want to go back to Iraq. Yeah. So. Basically, how long were you uh, working at that base uh, until, I guess, like up until you started kind of like leaking stuff? Like how long were you working there? Uh, yeah, so I was, uh, I think it was January, February 2010 uh, was the time frame. Uh, it's all in my testimony, uh, which uh, I, uh, I testified to the things in trials, to the specific things that I've been told that went through the government process that I can say. And so I refer people to the uh, to the January, uh, I think it was January 29, 2013 uh, uh, testimony. Because anything outside of that range, in, fa in fact, I have to go through government approval. Mm -hmm. to, wow. To Is that part of, so, but. Because, uh, yeah, I was, I, was an, I was an intelligence analyst. Well, what are they risk? What are you risking? Them just suing you? Because you've already. Yeah, yeah, I can get, they could sue me. They could it sue is, you. Oh, and here, here's the fun part. Because yeah. you've already gone to jail for like leaking. Right, but the, the, the same non-disclosure agreement doesn't end. So. If if I were to violate it again, oh, you're, you're back. interesting. Back. Oh, it I doesn't see. end. I see. I see. It, I see. Uh, so so it, it it ends either it ends either whenever the U.S. government says uh, that you know that this information has been approved and it's declassified, which we're getting wow. closer to. Um, so. Oh, really? So you could be released potentially from this NDA? Yeah. yeah well, or you somewhat. Know, so, sometime in my lifetime, or uh, or if the United States dissolves for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll wait. I can't wait to talk to you on that day. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, look, we're yeah, it's gonna be an interesting day. I'm gonna have a lot to say. There's a lot of missing pieces of the story. So, so let me just try to ask what I can. So you're working there. Let me ask this: a more personal question. Sure. What was there something specifically? No. That happened where you're like, I, 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 I need to whistleblow. 
No, no, no. I, I think um, it was the cog. It was me dealing with the sort of cognitive dissonance of me being. I was a puppy, right? I was like wet behind the ears, kind of very naive, really truly believing my job and my role, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. encountering the reality and sort of the, you know, ha having a, you know, it's, it's like it's like training day, right? You know, you sort of. Right, right. You know, right. like Denzel Washington like pulls you aside and you know and, and walks you through. Smoke like, this crack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like smoke this PCP, right? Oh, yeah. You know, and like that that was like that was the gradual process that I went through, which was like, okay, like here's the reality, here the on the ground reality, and what you've been told are completely different. And and I felt, you know, I I felt I felt upset. I felt. You felt like maybe misled. Oh, I, I felt I felt very misled. You know, I felt very misled by 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 media, by our institutions. Mm. You know, by by our political. Institutions. I bet a lot of soldiers feel that. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not I, I'm not going to speak for I'm not going to speak for for a lot of veterans, but you know, like I I certainly have encountered friends and people that I know. That One sec, we lost power. Are we still live? Yeah. Oh, because oh, okay. the TV went out. Yeah. And the AC the too at the same time. CIA. Yeah. <laughs> Not this part. For you. No, sometimes our, our powers sometimes explode. You're saying too much. AC season. Okay, but we're still live, Dan. Yeah. So they're um, coming. They're coming. So there, there was. Was there like a growing kind of resentment just over time when you're like, this is? I don't. No, I wouldn't like, say resentment. Yeah. I would say. I mean, like the 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 institutions that I've that I've that I felt the the, the most. That I cared about the most, that I lost a lot of faith in, um, especially because like I first went to the Washington Post and the New York Times. You know, everybody everybody knows the the, the big W word, mm -hmm. um, but you know the, those were not not my first places. Um, you don't say the W no, word. Yeah. You don't even say that word. Well, you know, it's. Just, yeah. <laughs> um, what was that big? What, yeah, was, what was that? that? <laughs> are we dying? Are we? Is America are, dissolving? They are really coming for us. Yeah. What's that? What was that though? For real. It's oh, like something it. up. Wait, there's nothing upstairs. There's no upstairs. <laughs> yeah, they really are coming what? after. You're saying too much. <laughs> All right. Well. No. So. Um, All right. My security people are coming. They're actually. I see somebody looking landed. out the window. Kim. There, there's a hello. There's a. Uh, team sex. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a black hawk upstairs dropping. <laughs> So it was you, yeah. You, I, I'm yeah, I about that. So, you went yeah, to the New York yeah, Times. You so, went to the Washington but Post. But media institutions, yeah. I think, I think, let me down the most. I, I remember, I remember, in, specifically, there was like a uh, Tom Friedman article. Yes. Uh, that came out while during the election in Iraq. He's a he's an editorial he, he, for the New York Times, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he was basically he basically like like just pretended away the last like seven years of civil conflict of. Was that the roof again? That was mm -hmm. a. That, I felt that boom in my. What is going on, guys? That, that, that sounded like a potential firework. Yeah, that oh, sounded like a firework to me. Yeah. Oh, it's uh -huh. the dissolution of America. Good vibes. Wait, fireworks? Why? No, fire? I felt that. I felt that in my feet. <laughs> Why are people? That's a good indication that the vibrations are coming from the ground. So just a heads up. <laughs> oh, you felt it in your feet? Yeah, I felt it in my feet. So. Why that, is right? there? Why are people blowing <laughs> what up fireworks? Is this? Can someone look outside and see yeah, what's going on? Yeah, we looked outside. I'll take another look. Is this address public? What? No. No, no, no. It's <laughs> no, it's not. We're not. This is not normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we've never had any issues like yeah. that. Yeah, but I was interested. So you, so go ahead about Thomas Freeman. I was a uh, captive. I'm listener. curious. Did you finish yeah. your term, or was this happening while? Well, yeah, I was in jail for a long time. So I, 
yeah, I basically, I basically, Philip finished. Uh, I, I finished up to the. I was, I was in the, I was in the ending part of my enlistment. So, okay. Um, but that got extended by prison. Got it. So what was it that Thomas Friedman wrote? Thomas Friedman wrote an article about um, sort of. Oh, I guess it, you know, we have there are free and fair elections in Iraq now, which was a question mark uh, on the ground, um, and uh, that. This has made the Iraq, the Iraq invasion justified, even though the was WMD stuff, you know, which I didn't really have a huge opinion on. On like a, anything up to like 2004, I don't really have strong opinion on because I didn't. I I actually don't know anything pre, prior to 2004 um, in, in terms of like all of that, um, all of that discussion. Um, and I was in high school. I was like a middle school, high school at the time. So, um, but. You know, my understanding of, of sort of the, uh, the, the insurgency and the counterinsurgency and how that played out was this brutal, um, you know, it was like a, there was an ethnic cleansing going on b between, you know, um, Sunnis and Shias. It was sort of like a, a, um, a ratcheting up of, of um, political rhetoric uh, across the political spectrum in, in Iraq. Um, it was looked the other way. We, uh, the United States government essentially picked a side and said, okay, like these people are more likely to win. Mm. Um, they might not be better. They not, might not be more democratic, but, um, and they might be using author, autocratic means and methods to win, but we're going to back them because they serve our, our security. So can I ask you, this is the kind of stuff that was on your mind during your service? Yeah. I see. I think so. Because, you know, like, you know, well, I, like, this I, place I, I believed. I, yeah. you know, uh, we were I, going there to stabilize exactly. and help. I mean, this country was fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of us. Yeah. Mm. And we were making it worse. Essentially. And I mean, you had a front seat to that more, more than yeah. almost and then, anyone. And then when I was like, well, what we're doing is not really helpful. Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, then you get told, like, well, that's not, your, that's not for you to decide. And you have Thomas Friedman writing shit like that. Yeah. You're and like, basically, what the fuck? you know, manufacturing He's doing consent. propaganda. Man manufactured consent at home. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, and yeah, I was like, I was like, I, one, one of the advantages to having all this stuff be out there um, uh, and in the, in the way that, it's, that, it, that, it, that it is out there is that you can't take it away. Right, it is the truth. Right, it is right, the reality. Right. Take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. this, is what, what, this is what actually happened. It was, it was a brutal, ugly war. Yeah, so and many. We, we, we did, you know, like, like you know, we, we, we did some pretty awful stuff and, and on a scale of decimation and destruction that, um, that uh, you know, that even to this day is 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 very rarely discussed or, or don't they estimate that like five hundred thousand Iraqi civilians? Uh, I mean, were I don't think we'll ever. The... I don't think we'll ever know. It's mm. it's insane. It's unfathomable. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah. The amount of damage you know we and, did and to that yeah. country. And now and now you know. Well, I just wonder why. Because like, what's there's the... because bro. We didn't we, sick we, fuck, we didn't just dude. see we we just yeah. see we did see Iraqis as people you know. Right. We didn't see them as people. We saw them as like terrorists. Uh, as, as a probably a, as people in a, in a location and yeah and I, I yeah it's just you know it's 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 dark and it's it makes it, it you know it, it I, I I started to feel increasingly heartbroken just seeing all the stuff and feeling and starting because like I, I I know that I'm a I'm a very technical person and I'm a stem lord and I'm super into you know technology and math and computer science and all these other things and artificial intelligence and I'm just doing number crunching right and I just couldn't do the number crunching anymore. I couldn't. You it felt was, just it exhausted, emotionally, emotionally exhausted. And I, and, I, and I just started, and I learned so much about people and the region and what was going on mm. on the ground every day that I just, and I was just like, 
you know, it's, I sort of feel like a connection or an empathy or an affinity. Did you feel guilty at all? Yeah, I, I feel, you know, I, I talk about it more in my book, just sort of how I feel about my role, my participation. You, you're right. Yeah. You're like, you know? damn, I'm in Because, you know, again, yeah. I was a true believer. Mm. Yeah, when you got there. Did you did you ever have time to, like, befriend locals during your service there? Yeah, uh, I mean, locals, but mo they're mostly uh, Iraqi Federal Police, Iraqi Army. Uh, the, like, I, the, uh, I, the, the, I, the FP and the IA, as we called them. By the way, I just got to say, an estimate for dead... This is civilians. These aren't even militants. Yeah. Uh, about 200,000. Wow. Civilians died through Iraqi civilians. I mean, that's horrific. Unfathomable. Yeah, it's, it's horrific. Yeah. It's horrific. But, you know, and that, now we're, you know, like well, co and then, COVID was pretty devastating for us. So, so I don't know. There, there's the one specific video that came out in the league. Can I talk about that or no? Um, no, I will, will not get into that. Can I talk about it without you commenting on it? Or I would prefer? rather. Not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're. Never mind. We're, we're, I'm trying to keep out a little yeah, problem. Okay. Mm -hmm. All good. So, but anyway, yeah, horrific, just horrific, horrific, disgusting. Yeah. Violence. When you were finding out, were you trying to like leave the army or talk to people? That's not like, an no. option, is it? No, it wasn't really an option. Yeah. I wasn't thinking yeah. about it. Um, mm -hmm. I mostly was like thinking about like, you know, I, I wanted things to run differently and operate differently, and mm -hmm. I tried, I, and I tried my best to like do that in my mm -hmm. role, in my position, as best as I could. Mm -hmm. I know that people. I know that people are often confused about sort of um, about sort of like you know the, the the cognitive dissonance that happens where you are doing uh, uh, a an illegal act, right? And yet, I in my in my mind, I'm still in my mind trying to do my job mm -hmm. in a in a way that I've rationalized it, and I, and I, that's how I was able to really rationalize this in my brain was like. I was like, I tried to do my job. I tried to do my role. I tried to do the things that I that we actually set out to do and have a standard for. And I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I have a question. You worked with like forty other analysts. Did were any of these other people disturbed by the stuff that you guys were working on, or did you feel uniquely like? No, I I, I, I don't I don't feel that these are that these are concerns that are unique to me. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's only human to see that and be like, "Yo, what the hell is this?" Yeah, and you know, uh, and you know, it goes, it goes, goes back to the prison guard, guard conversation we had mm -hmm. before. The third, the rule of thirds. Like, there's, right. the good, there's the people who try to do good. I mean, I would certainly put myself in that camp. Um, and there's, which is a low, I mean, that's a high attrition rate. That's a, it's a high turnover rate. Yeah, because if you care too much, I think you just can't survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then there's the, then there's the, you know, the, the people who don't care, and there's mm -hmm. the sadistic. You know, people. So in that job, you feel like if you're sadistic, you can do like a lot of harm. I think I think less so um, in the, in sort of the the soldier role in in the soldier role of being an analyst. I, I don't think that you have that much of, of an opportunity right, to do right, that. Right. I think that door kickers uh, had more of an opportunity, but Absolutely. you know, I I um I you know the, the as as awful thing, as, as things were in in Iraq and Afghanistan um, with with U.S. soldiers uh, and as, as as striking as it is you know I, I'm 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 still appalled and shocked at just what you know police do in the United States and what they get away with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it's just it's just shocking amounts of of violence and um, and you know and uh, it, it, it all it all comes together in my mind you know I don't. I don't see what happened. I don't see what happened in 2020 as like being different from what happened in Iraq in 2009, 2010. Like I just don't. I I, I see a common thread, which is the militarization of you know, um, uh, you know, some people call it the boomerang effect, where you know you go out and you do these foreign 
occupations and you do the, the you, you do an imperialism and then you eventually they come home and then you bring that mentality home home with mm. your with your soldiers mm. with your soldiers turning into cops turning into mm. you know your judges turning into your politicians mm. mm -hmm. and you just bring this sort of um, counterinsurgency mindset home where you know cops you know will roll through a neighborhood of you know of, of uh, people of color and they'll they'll view it in the same way that as as soldiers were in Iraq and Afghanistan mm. sort of like rolling through a neighborhood like looking for the enemy mm. Mm. that's interesting it's like the cost of fighting this unjust yeah bloody war that's that's uh, so sorry, sorry to black pill you some more no this is great i mean this is the stuff that i really want to discuss with you yeah you know um, I, I think i was saying earlier uh, uh you know i wore i wore the i wore the all black because i heard you were black pill yeah and the last episode with this song i, I heard you that i was black yeah. i was feeling particularly black -pilled. i want to i want to i want to make you feel better if i can which is that i i'm i'm actually optimistic you are i am optimistic and the reason why i say that in a dark time is not is not it's not copium. I swear it's not mm. copium. <laughs> I swear it's not copium. But um, I you know I have seen like in two thousand in two thousand ten when I went to prison, um, there wasn't a lot of political activism, particularly with progressives and on the left. Mm -hmm. um, then there was Occupy, which turned into you know uh, protest movements in in Ferguson, which turned into you know uh, counter you know like uh, resistance against the Trump administration and uh, you know, ICE and Charlottesville, which turned into the George Floyd protests of 2020. So I, I am seeing a groundswell mm -hmm. of activism, awareness, education, people talking about these things. Now, trans, think, on trans issues in particular, yeah. I've also seen a lot of progress. Listen, I think the people care. Yeah. I think, mm -hmm. And that's great. I think the people of America are on whole. We're, we're on the right, like the people care about the right things, genuinely. Yeah. But the government is so functionally uh fucked like i mean just look at well anyway yeah. i don't i'm not trying to stake uh blackfield i bitch about this stuff i'm i'm optimistic yeah i actually yeah, think good. i actually think people well i think I, enough old people are gonna die off in the next like i mean genuinely <laughs> like you look at fucking don't get so many don't old, be careful again. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, and not by me by the way <laughs> not by me i mean they're gonna die of natural causes not by me right yeah. just to be clear but like there's a lot of really old fucking people in congress that just need to die of natural causes <laughs> stop in minecraft i'm serious i know but like, i'm not threatening like, them i'm just saying it's a yeah like, yeah yeah they need to fucking die oh uh, <laughs> i think i think i think there was find another way to say it <laughs> i i i how what's their name Some, i think they what's, had, that, what's her name the 98 year old who's yeah. fucking they, they don't retire, Dan. They never <laughs> retire. They cling to power. No. What does it matter? They're gonna die. That's life. Speaking of, I think I think we got we got something for you. Really? Oh, you brought me something? Uh, somebody brought this to you. They asked me. What to is me. that? <laughs> to Ethan. Uh, some sketchy guy. From the. And what does that say? N. A? National. Oh, I see you spelled it out from the NRA. This is from the NRA. <laughs> it's not a bomb. I don't know. Let's find out. No What's anthrax in this, right? Any wires coming? All right. Out? So wow, the NRA brought me something. This is great. Yeah. Thank you. It's in a I Kleenex in. box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just Kleenex. <laughs> just tears. Yeah. Wipe away yeah. your liberal tears. Salt. Here, I'll mail this back to them. They can, they can smell my salty tears. I'm gonna make good use of this.
<laughs> That's great. But that wasn't for me, right? That was from the NRA. Yeah, it was from me. Yeah. Yeah, because, oh, okay. you know, like, you got it. Because, yeah, you know, if, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, I mean, the, the, but I, being serious, though, you are truly a victim of cancel culture. And I want to be, I want to oh, be thank very you. clear. Actually, like, thank you. I don't know why, I don't know why they are, I mean, you, Hassan, I don't know why, like, all these people who, who rant and speak about freeze peach and frozen peaches all the time, like, <laughs> you know, like, why is it that whenever somebody says something that they have to get all up in arms? Why, why do they have to cry about it? Right. Who are we talking about? The Republicans? Because I get canceled just, by everyone. Just the right. <laughs> yeah, just the right. Yeah. Specifically the right. No, but they are the, they are the biggest cancelers of all. Like, I mean, right. the, the fact that they even get to own this conversation about... Um, they dominate all the conversations. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, so I actually, I have, I have more questions, okay? All right. Because I'm, 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 ca I'm captivated <laughs> by your story. You know, I find my story boring. Really? Yeah, because it's my story. I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, you have it's, one of the most unique life experiences yeah. of anyone in modern time. Yeah. Oops. You do. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say, so you sent your stuff to the New York Times and Washington Post. and Well, I, I tried to. I tried and to. And as I understand it, they ignored you. They did. They were your first people you reached well, out to. Well, was it? Okay, so I want to be clear. Like, uh, it's in my book. There's actually, it's really complicated. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't I was ignored so much as it was. It was sort of a complication with sort of the discussion of how to do it safely, how to do it securely. I see. Um, they were too, it was too hot for them, you think? No, I just think that they, I, boomers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, like this is, you're digital, talking about, this is digital stuff. You're talking specifically about getting data to them. Mm -hmm. Right. So, okay. like, this is twenty. This is twenty ten. This is like January twenty ten, and these are people who like struggled to like open their email. Okay. Right. <laughs> I think that's what was going on. It's just that's sort of like incredible that they missed that. Well, that's uh, that's why they changed. That's why. I mean, one of the things that happened that is that both in twenty ten and in twenty thirteen there was sort of like an oh shit moment, like oh we need We're to modernize our our our. our our uh, methods and our and you know and and sort of like how we collect information, how we how we deal with this stuff. And it's actually funny because you know um, and I actually get, get asked this a lot. They're like, oh well, you know, you you, you one of the things they want to talk about is government is government secrecy, right? And I'm just like, well, no, because like that was like a 2010 issue, right? Now we have now we're so awash in information and inf that they they just will publish the awful things that they're mm -hmm. doing and it gets drowned out by misinformation and disinformation mm -hmm. and and people questioning like what reality is. Like, you know, that's the biggest problem now is there's sure. like identifying what is real cuz like What should we care about? Pe I mean, people people are living in like completely different realities even though they're like living right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So were you kind of like disillusioned by the fact you're like I have this thing and these the biggest papers in the world that I want to get this to are incapable of receiving it I mean was that frustrating was it shocking I mean yeah I mean you know, like, it would have been it would have been nice it would have been nice to you know like have a have a Dan Ellsberg's you know ask you know like uh you know meeting at a hotel room kind of thing but you know like alas this is not how things played out you know? mm -hmm. and and at, let's just I mean, say I, and I'm you know I'm you know I got to I got a book coming out, yeah. dude. You're asking a lot of questions. This is good. This is this <laughs> publicity for the this book. This is going to get people interested to buy the book. Yeah. You, t you, uh, in my opinion, you talking about whatever is only get people more interested in the book. Well, but, they're going to have to buy it to get it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's free. Uh, if it's free sale yet. Oh, I if know. it's this free sale, we I, I need to talk to my publicist and figure out. But as, as these, as the 
things were being disseminated around the world, yeah. and there was shock around the world. Well, I didn't know about this. You'd ha- you'd I was in solitary confinement, and I was like in like a cage in Oh, so you were wait for you 60 days, for like 59 days. You were arrested by the time this became news. By the time this became news, I was arrested, I was oh, incarcerated, wow. and so I had you, no idea. So you really didn't even get to see that whatever whatever you were being busted for had meant anything. I didn't even know that they closed off up uh, and uh, the uh, deep deep water horizon uh, spill. That was open when you went. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know until months later. So that was okay. So and I'm a big I'm a big soccer fan. I love the World Cup, and the World Cup happened, and I had no idea who <laughs> played, who won, anything, no scores or anything. So it was someone you befriended snitched on you, basically. You um, talk about that? Yeah, I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna talk about that. Um, that again, there's court records and things. So like let's that. just say this. Let's skip all that, and then I'm curious. So so you get arrested, right? You have no idea that anything you did gets out to the world. Yeah. You're put in solitary confinement. What is that like? What is solitary confinement? Uh, it's boring. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, I often get asked, like, you know, what's solitary confinement like? And I'm like, well, you know, like, uh, go into your bathroom, take all this stuff out and close the door oh and then God. put a bed in there. And then that's your... Some people say that's torture. What would you say? To- um, I'm careful with the word torture because, you know, for me, it has a very legal... Implication. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. has very what about like cruel and unusual? I think I think that it is. I, I think it is cruel punishment. I think it is. I, I think that it's, I mean, it's definitely not. Not unusual. Not sadly. unusual. It's yeah, very. Sadly. It's very typical. Yeah. There's sixty thousand people that, that deal with it every day. Wow. I think that it is unlawful. I, I think that according to international law, it is. It is unlawful after fifteen days. I think that the practice should be banned. I I I I'm skeptical of prisons in general, and I'm you know. And I never thought I would have this kind of position where I would be like a skeptic of prisons. But yeah. as somebody who's been through prison and seen the system, like I just don't see the value in it. Right? It doesn't do anything. It doesn't really waste. No, money. it does. It does do something. It controls. It controls large populations. <laughs> it doesn't have anything to do with individuals. Like mm-hmm. everybody talks about, like oh well, this is about individual responsibility, right? But it's actually no. It's about collective sort of control of larger populations. That's why it's immigrant populations. And it, and this isn't even just the United States. This is like. It's like if you look at New Zealand, for instance, right? The native population in New Zealand, the native population in, in Canada are the are some of the highest, you know, have the, some of the highest incarceration rates. Mm. You know, it's people of color in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's immigrants mm-hmm. in the United States. You know, the carceral system, like in prisons, like people who, you know, who who like have who are in there for petty offenses and just can't pay pay their way out. Right. It's not it, the the intentionality of it is not it's not about individual responsibility it's not about crime it's not about any of these things rehabilitation it's about, it's about controlling a, an unwanted population i see that's the way i view it so you were in you were in solitary for how long i don't have the exact count off the top of my head but it was over a year i think altogether. <gasps> a year over a year not consecutively Shit. not oh. uh, consecutively what was, it was 11 months 11 what months yeah and so you're in, and so this, it's the size of oh a bath, God. just a bit big enough for a bed to fit. Yeah, and then it's 59 days of that. We're in a steel cage in Kuwait. <gasps> and so, st- do you have a bed in this steel cage? What is this? Yeah, there was cage? a mattress. There was a mattress, and anything else but a mattress. Uh, I don't remember. It was just remember it was sandy. It was really real. There was sand <laughs> in your in your cell. Well, yeah, because it was a tent. It was a tent with a cage inside of it. What? Was it hot as like fuck in there? Uh, the air conditioner sometimes didn't work. It was usually the ambient temperature. I would say was around eighty-five to ninety degrees. Just all the like time, like Fahrenheit. That's uh, like 
30, 30 to 40 degrees for all you Europeans out there. So it's a cage with a bed in it. Yes. And when and you say cage, there's no privacy? No, there's no privacy. Uh, I, the, the entire time that I was in solitary confinement, I was being watched uh, uh, by at least two people. Wow. What and what about like going potty? Yeah, just go for it. That's like prison life, though, because yeah. there's there's just in prison. Yeah. you just have a toilet. Is there a there's, toilet? Yeah, sometimes I forget to yeah. close the door before I go to the bathroom in my apartment, and whenever I have a friend over, they're like, "Oh, oh you're you're, you're used to that." Ah, oh, darn! I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Well, you kind of gloss over that, but it really seems like horrific. It's, it's I mean, it, I mean, it, almost it a coping. year. It is. It is the way that I. It is a coping mechanism, mm. right? You know, it's it's just like it's just like you know, like I had this thing happen to me, and like mm. you know, my brain and my body are still trying to grapple with that. It, and the easiest way to do that is just like is just like chug on. Did you have books or something in there? Oh yeah, I read thousands okay. of books. Wow. Okay. I, I I don't know the number, but it's at least a thousand books. Mm. Wow. Uh, I yeah I, yeah I I read a lot. I I started with like classics too, like American classics and like historical classics and fiction, non and then like nonfiction and I would keep up with like news and newspapers and stuff. I read a lot of periodicals because they were still printing things back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I kept up with a lot of news and information and uh, and and reading a, a, an enormous amount of fictional lit- literature. Did you learn to love reading, or was it just? Like, I've always loved reading, but right. I I actually had time to do it, and yeah. uh, and you know I was able to for a while. Right. Yeah, my uh, prison is a prison was uh, definitely a time of still a time of learning and growth for me personally. What well, what was the food like when you're in a prison, a solitary? cage in Kuwait. Can I be honest? So, Kuwait was awful because, um, you know, it was sealed. It was like sealed stuff. It was the same so stuff we had in Iraq. Military um, food, yeah. Uh, uh, Quantico, where I was at for a period of time, for where I was there for nine months, it was a Marine Corps base. Uh, best food I've ever had. <laughs> really? Yeah. Prison food? Uh, so, the weirdest, it's actually a weird fact because uh, their, op- their officer candidate school was right across the street. So it was like where all the officers become and become and they're sort of you shared a stuff. cafeteria. We, we share the di- the oh, food. So it was like wow. fantastic. Food. <laughs> oh, that's so, so we, interesting. Like like okay, like it wasn't the best food I've ever had, but like the consistency of it being so good, just mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's like having a it's like it's like having a three star restaurant food like every day. You're wow. Like, wow. But uh, but yeah, then the, and then uh, the you know U.S. disciplinary barracks in Kansas um, and the the. You know, so prison system. The rest of the prison system was pretty typical, um, Sodexo type stuff. Your 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 uh, your standard, uh, um, you know, slop on a tray. Um, Got it. Macaroni and cheese, and maybe 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 you know maybe chicken wings here and there. Like I've, I'm 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 trying to eat more plant based, but I I have I have a really soft spot for for buffalo the, wings. The chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wings doesn't? Who doesn't? It's a huge So spot. coming out of solitary for close to a year, was it shocking for you? Yes. To get absolutely. out of that? I needed a recovery period. Oh um, my God. It took me months to be able to interact with people again. Because you didn't talk to anyone during that time, I would imagine. Or uh, Yeah. So the pr- I, I, I did interact with prison guards, um, but it was mostly just like deliver food, uh, take Brief. legal appointments. I, yeah. inter- interact, I started to interact more and more with lawyers at the time because mm-hmm. we were obviously trying to collect evidence and build a case and mm-hmm. try to defend ourselves, mm-hmm. make our case to a court-martial. Um, but yeah, like my, my time was fairly isolated. And so... Does com- time like become just a complete abstract thing or...? 
Yeah, I, you know, time, uh, I've, I've learned to value time. I think that one of the most important things that I've learned uh, in my life experience for now is that I care far more about time than I do about money. Mm. Like, if, if it's a waste of time, like, if you, were, if you told me that I was going to get um, $100 million, uh, but it was, like, going to take a huge chunk of my time away, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't exchange. I would want to do what I want to do with my time. Yeah. Um, I I I value time because you know m m like as as awful as our sort of you know capitalist uh, money based uh, world and structure of society is, um, and sort of the rat race of things is, um, I've really learned the value of of time uh, and how it it you know we are slowly dying like we're all slowly dying over time. Uh, and uh, and that time is valuable, and having that time taken away and then being given back to me mm -hmm. has just made me value every second so much more. Mm -hmm. And you know, and and I don't want to do things. And I, you know, like I I want when I when I spend time, especially with my best friend, um, you know, I, and I, and we just watch anime or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, she often asks me like, why like why do you want to hang out with me and spend time with me? And I'm like, because this is what I care about. This is what I value. Mm -hmm. I value the time together. This is so important to me because I you know I, I wouldn't give this away for anything else mm -hmm. because like we're you know yeah like, and you got a second lease on life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really have an understanding of how precious that time is and how precious life is and how precious. You know, relationships are too, because the relationships that I had in prison were that very learning how to like interact with people and have meaningful relationships with people was was so important. Um, and I always recommend this to people. You know, like if you know, people often ask like, oh, you know, like what should I do about you know people who are in prison or whatever? And I'm like, write to them, write to mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. pick up the phone call when they call you, mm -hmm. send them some a little bit of money, have some Just interaction or, or or be out there in the outside world because I've seen so many people be forgotten about in the prison system. Wow. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it, 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 sending a letter to an inmate, especially an inmate who's been in for a, a significant chunk of time, can be a life-changing experience for them. Mm. Wow. It, it changes their entire outlook on life. Hmm. Wow. That's really interesting. So what was your transition period like when you came out of solitary? Um... Again, in my book, uh, but uh, yeah, was, I really enjoyed it. Um, I enjo really enjoyed being able to like be outside of the prison, mm -hmm. uh, or be be outside of or be outside of a cell. Of a yeah, by yourself. Um, so uh, I started to run. Hmm. It was one of the first things I did was I started running again. Um, it's, I was interacting with general population again. Um, it was a little slow in terms of like getting used to talking to people. This was a little private at first, uh, and then I, and then you know, and then I got sucked into D and D and playing, playing board games, and and I got you know one one of the things that 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 is an invaluable skill from being in jail is I'm really good at poker and spades. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I for some reason it surprised me just to see, think of prisoners playing D and D. Yeah, well, I mean it's an escape. It is, yeah. I mean by definition, right? Role playing game. Yeah. So, you know, um, Did you DM? oh, yeah, I, I DM. I have a couple campaigns on standby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me just fast forward kind of to you were in jail for seven years and those seven years, whatever. It comes down. Um, 
you know, by the way, there's. Are you following a lot of the media that's happening? Because people are talking about you during that time. There's people who. Not are, really my stuff, but almost certainly the rest of the world I was paying attention to. There was a lot of advocates saying I, like. I tend not to read anything about myself. Okay. It helps me. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I totally understand that. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a lot of people saying like, uh, she's being mistreated. She's being tortured. It's a human rights violation. Every, there was a lot but everybody of that. in that system is. Right. Mm-hmm. I guess they thought that what was happening to you was particularly well um, because I, it was, I would say that the the solitary confinement in Quantico and in um and in Kuwait were documentedly like inhumane were found to be like by by third parties and, and outside sources including the United Nations to be you know to, to be improper mm-hmm. um now the rest of my confinement you know um was no different than most. I guess they thought that it was just making like an example out of you, uh, overly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I mean I speculate a little bit on in my book. There we go again. It's gonna, <laughs> dude. W- when that comes out, we're gonna promote it. We're gonna sell so many of those books. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. Well, yeah. if it ever comes out. If, if, it, ever if it ever comes, comes out. Because <laughs> I've I've done I I've gone on TV and talked about it before already. So. Well, you know. When you first, when your trial came up, one of the charges against you was um, aiding, uh, aiding the, enemy. the enemy, which carries a death sentence. Yeah, well, uh, I'm guessing that they decided not to go with the death sentence because they went with life. They went for what they they shot for life without parole. Yeah, was which you know is I mean how that differs in my mind space to 35 years is mentally. What's the difference? What's what the difference? But um, in, in terms of like your ability to access parole and or early release, things like that, um, it has a significant difference. Um, but yeah, they really, they really harped on that. Um, and it's sca- it was a scary, was it, scary? it would have been a scary yeah. precedent. It would have been a scary precedent for a lot just of Just to kill a whistleblower? I mean, No, no, not even that. Because it, like, uh, aiding the enemy is just strange in the military system because it's the one offense that you don't have to be in the military to be charged with by the military. Interesting. A so civilian scary. can be charged for that? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, the military can come in and, and grab you with that, but it's typically reserved for wartime. So, I I'm not I'm not a lawyer in this area. It's really complicated. There are a lot of people really scared about it. Um, and the ACLU and a bunch of other like n- uh, a bunch of news organizations were like super nervous about it. Um, it didn't pan out. I got acquitted. Like of that one. Charge. I got acquitted of that. Because so. you were charged for like twenty one things, found guilty on yeah, seventeen I mean, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. whatever. But yeah. um, but yeah, you know, like I were you I, scared I of that charge though? It must have been terrifying to be facing that down in the beginning. Nah, I mean, like I I think I think I was just like, well, whatever comes comes, you know. And I had this mindset the whole yeah. time, which was yeah. like, you know, I I am willing to accept responsibility. I I I know when I I you know I like I I made a decision. You know, did I understand the consequences? Uh, Oh God, no! Hmm. Nobody had ever gone to prison for this before, Interesting. right? Nobody had ever gone to jail for a significant. Period. Nobody ever like my my entire life experience was completely unexpected with this. Hmm. Um, didn't you know? Didn't I, I expected to lose my job, lose my security clearance, hmm. face some? You didn't kind expect of it would be such a big deal. No, I did not. I did not fully grasp how far that they would go hmm. or how significant this would be. Um, but did you know what you were doing was significant? Would be significant for the world. I, I, you know, honestly, I, I was, I was a little, I, I was going through a bit of a dark period where I was just like, and especially after the New York Times and Washington Post struggling with them, I was, I was like, is anybody gonna care? You were like, is this, does this even matter? Do people even care? Yeah, I can mm-hmm. totally get that. Yeah. I and mean, if two biggest papers are like, mm, we can't do this, you're like, 
Well, maybe it's not that interesting. And I, and I see this every day. Right. And I see this hor- this this horror playing out in my with my own two eyes and in the the sort of this. I understand the statistics and I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, with with the 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 data of what's going on and the reporting and everything else. So I understand the stuff fully. And it's just like how how is this like like like. How like how can how can I how can I how can I share this with people? How can I get mm. people to understand mm. the gravity of this? And I was very worried that and and I still to this day like there's a darker part of me that that often wonders like how much people really seem to care about awful things happening in the world. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm you know like seeing seeing the last decade sort of pan out here in the U.S. and, and after COVID and seeing you know the, pan, the sort of people not caring about the pandemic and things like that is is really alarming. For me, you know, just sort of the callousness and the carelessness mm. Mm. Um, that is that you know, because like you know, uh, when we're presented with the truth and we're, we're, we're presented with evidence of of something happening, you know, our, our propensity to to ignore that or to pretend it away or to argue it away is is quite frightening, quite disturbing, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 that that that's been a consistent sort of sense or a feeling that I've had, which is you know, like, do people care? Mm-hmm. I think people care. I care. I think people do care. I think part of the problem today is that the propaganda machines have yeah. become so effective that people just don't know. They don't they know don't, what's real. They can't accept it as real because yeah. there's like a whole propaganda machine on the right that's saying this shit's, this is all bullshit. And then you go, and you don't want to believe it, right? It's, it's a difficult truth yeah. to say, yo, my government killed 200,000 people in Iraq. And so it's much easier to be like, oh, Tucker. They deserved it. Yeah, Tucker's telling me the truth. It's all bullshit. That's a relief, you know? Yeah. They don't have to care about it. So I think there's just this really powerful propaganda machine that. But it's not just the right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the center, la- the, the, you know, the, the, the centrists, the Democrats, you know, the, like this is, this is a by. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that scares me the most is whenever, whenever there's bipartisanship in Congress. Mm-hmm. Because it's usually that they're bipartisan, not for a good reason, right? right? It's usually over something really scary, and that people are just gonna like look the other way, mm-hmm. like you know, like we're gonna, like give, we're gonna give, uh, we're we're gonna give local police forces like stinger missiles, alpha, <laughs> right, right, you know, right, like, right, right, right. Like, yeah, like they, a, and then you look at the votes, and it's just like four hundred thirty-five. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're just like it's just you know, members of Congress, and and you know, like set like nine like ninety-six senators, you know, it just it's. It's always alarming to me. Like bar- bipartisanship that's true. Scare- is scary to me often yeah, that's because true. it's usually some of the worst things are bipartisan. Patriot Act, perfect example. Yeah. yeah. Pure bipartisanship. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, was there ever a point where you regretted doing what you did? You're like, this was not worth it. You know, I mean, I, I just couldn't play out any other way. Like, I one of the things that one of the things that gets me is that I I don't replay the stuff. I don't. You know, I, I I live in the moment, and I and I and I live thinking of of the future. I don't I don't try to I don't try to I don't try to relive stuff or relitigate stuff or or because like what happened happened, mm-hmm. and I can't change that. And, uh, and you know and you know I, I guess some people they wanna they wanna sort of like question or 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 or, or think of different things. And it was just like it, it was just that my experience, and I I go through again. This is in the book. You know, but that that experience like played out in such a in such a meandering, freak of nature way, like mm-hmm. you know, in a, such in such a freak of circumstances way, um, that uh, I 
you know, both both good and bad. Like I just I don't you know it was like a, it's like like a statistical error margin of mm -hmm. like probabilities that right. this set of events could have happened in this particular way. Right. And any little thing could have, uh, if anything had changed in any at any at any particular point, you know, if I if I had decided to go. Um, uh, take up a, a certain offer and go to a different position. Mm. Um, I wouldn't have been there. Right. Um, if the if our unit hadn't been deployed, redeployed from Afghanistan to Iraq, you know, whoop, you know, well, you know, history would have played out very differently, mm -hmm. uh, and my role would have been very differently. I mean, I had to be in a sp specific office in a specific uh, in a specific time frame. It, it had specific access to things, and then have a specific like you know, like everything was just extremely, mm -hmm. extremely specific. So I don't try to. I don't try to rehash those decisions because I'm like, I had, I made all the decisions that I could do with the information that I had available to me at the time and the options that I had available to me at the time. Mm -hmm. And well, I, what, what more, what more can you do? Um, it is pretty incredible though. I think even throughout it, you did have a lot of, even though there was a lot of like hate for you there within like certain political, I I really encountered a lot. But there was a lot of really, a lot of support. Like, I think you must have had some really good lawyers that came to your defense, right? Pro, like, and I mean, you. Sure, you know, I have, yeah. I have lawyers, but I mean, they cost me money. You can't Did do. Did you have to you pay You can't them? do a pro, you cannot do a, a scale. You cannot do a case with a scale pro bono. But then how do you pay how do you for you a pay? case that big? Because that, that, from what I understand, what cost Well, we raised money. My family mm. raised money. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I certainly have debts that I, I still You have still to owe them? Well, I mean, like, I, some, but like it's, we have a payment plan, so it's like mm -hmm. not a big deal. Right, there was a big campaign it's, to raise money for you to pay the lawyers. It's, man right? it's managed. Yeah, it's, it's not, managed. It's not. It's, it's not an issue for it's you. Not an issue for me. Wow, mm -hmm. but that's pretty incredible. It is incredible though, throughout everything, that you're able to, you know, be free and be living your life. Yeah. Through, after all of that, I mean, it is pretty incredible. Yeah, I'm living a pretty fun life now. You yeah. Know? I mean, obviously, you know, we were in lockdowns and 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 I wasn't traveling for a bit, but. I've, I've I've been in Europe. I'm here in L.A. I mean, all the oh, I gotta and like being able not to a fan of the city of L.A. LA? Yeah, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's love hate. It's not yeah. a great city to visit. I'm an East Coaster through and through. Yeah. I know I grew up in the Midwest, but I I I I, I love New York. <laughs> I've fallen in love with. If it. you're a New Yorker, L.A. is the worst city. <laughs> I I can you know see I mean? that because like it's the antithesis. Of, it's of yeah. We have we at least have some modicum of public transportation. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> So, Everything is so spread out here. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, awful. a 30 minute drive is short. Mm -hmm. Like it takes us 30 to 40 minutes on a good yeah. day here. And we and live that, like seven miles away. Yeah. Like yeah. Seven miles far. away is like to JFK in New York. That's like all the way out there. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Um, so basically, the big, the big change came for you when uh, President Obama decided after everything to commute your sentence what do you think he did that you know i he, he said what he said so I mean, what did he, he say he uh, he said that he felt that the sentence was was too much that um you know i had served my time mm. and uh you know i i had gone through the process and gotten through the the, the court system um and uh and you know and asked for a commutation which i did um, I asked for you petitioned for that. I petitioned. Well, the public petitioned publicly for time served. We petitioned for ten years, which is what we were able to do within our within on our end. So we 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 wanted a reduction of sentence from thirty five years to ten years, I which see. would have made me 
in the range of eligibility for parole at that time. Um, but and, it must, uh, did it feel like a long shot when you were asking for commutation? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, um, actually, you know, uh, I, 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 I talk about this again in my book, but like we had, we sort of had reasons for why we were doing it, but they were like to, to improve my quality of life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, to really, you know, just sort of draw attention to some issues and, and raise some long-term health issues and, and, you know, healthcare issues with being trans and whatnot and really drive home the sort of message like, you know, like, you know, it's, it's time to start, it's time to start, you know, taking care of some of these things, mm -hmm. especially if I'm going to be in prison for, you know, another 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and yeah, uh, I, uh, I, we, we, we had no expectations walking into this. Yeah, yeah. Like we were, you know, uh, it, we figured it was a long shot and it was actually, uh, honestly, I mean, this is a bold decision from Obama. Because mm -hmm. he's the one that, that he was the like president the when he got decision. sentenced, right? Yes. So, because if you think about it, if because I I've had time to think about this, um, you know, this was the last decision that he made as president, as like one of the well, largest. That's a big thing. Yeah, it's a legacy. Put a cap on his presidency. Sort of legacy defining decision, you know, being a cap and a sort of legacy legacy defining decision, and you know, and one of those was to give me a chance. And that's that. That's a bull. And and also not only that, but like this isn't like oh we're commuting a forty year sentence to a thirty year sentence, right? It was, you know? yeah. This is like this is like no, we are taking four fifths of your sentence and slashing it, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. I mean, I or five five sevenths is what what I think it is. Um, and yeah, it's a big deal. It's crazy to think that probably almost any other president probably. Would not have done that. Yeah, and yeah, the, the that's the thing. Is like I, I think that it was a it was a bold and risky it was a it was a bold and risky decision that you know sort of whatever I do for the rest of my life is going to be tied to his decision. Mm -hmm. so yeah, it was a, it was a bold decision, and, and I'm and I'm very aware of that. I'm very aware of sort of the the risk that he. So took. how do you feel about uh, President Obama? You know, I, I think I think he tried. I think he tried. I think he was a president who didn't understand the reality of the moment that he was in. Um, he wanted to reach across the aisle. He wanted, you know, like, uh, health, w w you know, getting health care was like the capstone of his entire legacy, and he didn't get anything else done. Mm -hmm. um, he's mostly spent the, the presidency, like, treading water and whatnot, and sort of um, one of the reasons for that, and then the only, seem the only seemingly things that, the only bits of his legacy that he seemed to, to be able to keep were sort of, carryovers from the Bush administration and sort of the solidification, the crystallization of the security apparatus, um, you know, the, the, the use of the, of, of, you know, the, the, the use of the militarization of policing in the U.S. Um, obviously, he was, uh, he became known as sort of the deporter-in-chief in that time. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, I think that, I think that he, that while he personally tried, I think that the, the presidency is such a toxic office. It's such a poisonous position because it's not just a person, it's an institution. Mm -hmm. You are the executive of the executive branch of the United States. And the executive branch of the United States acts, you know, acts on behalf of the, the, of the sort of like ruling class in the United States and mm -hmm. the, the sort of powers that be within, you know, the moneyed interests in the, of the United States. And so does the Congress. And, and uh, I think that, um, that he being sort of this constitutional lawyer um, 
you know, I was trying to wrestle with this and grapple with this, and you know, and then you just had this sort of rise of power w within the reactionary right, where you know, went from like, because if, if you recall, you know, we went from like Paul Ryan being the face of the Tea Party mm -hmm. to to what to like Josh Hawley, and yeah. you know, uh, and this is sort of Marjorie Taylor Greens, like you know, the right has been just surging so far right, and just the Overton window has been been getting pushed to further and further to the right, and this is even occurring during his presidency, and he's responding to the, the Republicans and to his, his pro and to his progressive base the same way that they were in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm, you know, which mm -hmm. is like, uh, progressive base, wait your turn, we'll get to these things when we get to it, and then trying to work across the aisle constantly, scrambling to, to work with and try to get concessions from Republicans. And this is this has just been the consistent, you know, like the, the Biden administration has just got a continuation of this. Yeah. So. Yeah, at, th at this point, uh, at this at this point, I, I I think I think that personally he tried. I think that he that that he he made a, that he made a few that he made a few decisions as an as an individual um, in in that in that in that role and in that in that office. But just just sort of like the poisonness, the the poisonedness and the toxicity of the of the office of the presidency is. And, and I've often I I don't know if you've know if, if if you've seen this, but I've regularly advocated for the ab the abolishment of the presidency as a mm. as a political mm. office. I I don't think that a single person should be in this role. I don't think that an executive office should exist. I you know I I really think that that's one of like that, that's honestly like you know uh, that that's honestly one of the biggest failings I think of the Constitution is sort of structuring mm. this system in this way in which you have a sole you you have this king like. You, we basically, we have an elected monarch. That's what we have. You know, yeah. you switch between the parties or whatnot, but mm -hmm. you you basically you, you get to pick you who who wears the crown mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. every few years and and has all the same pow pow powers that um, that the crown of the of that year of the like of, of the uh, 18th century had, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and so yeah, I'm very skeptical of sort of the the ability of any of any pre like I, I don't think I don't think you just need to elect the right president. I think you, the, the, the problem is the office itself. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Do you have personal feelings towards Obama as the person who commuted your sentence? Like, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I find you correct, you know, because like uh, politically, obviously, we sort of have some disagreements and, and whatnot. But I, I mean, that's a bold personal decision, and I, I can't. How can I? Yeah. That, so you like, feel he didn't. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a pay, there was no penalty to pay. For him not doing that. Sure, it was only a risk to him. Yeah. No benefit, really. And 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 that 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 that's significant on a personal level to me. Mm -hmm. There is a le there is a, a level of gratitude towards him. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Personally, yeah, yeah I would yeah, say so. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. So where were you when you f this first broke that you uh, had effectively been? That's in the book. Commuted. Yes, you're asking vignettes for the book now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where were you the second after? Where? No. So, well, well um, I'm assuming you were. Obviously, you're in jail, and you, you know, I do, I do do a lot of this yeah. stuff now. I do do a lot of this stuff. You know, I am a, I'm a, I'm a security expert. I work in, in the field of AI now. Uh, I work on many projects. Um, you know, uh, and I'm just getting started. You know, I'm, I'm starting to do media stuff again. Um, you know, uh, sort of pivot, but. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, um, you know, I, one of the things I've been trying to do for like the last few years is I've been trying to like, oh, well, what about 2010 or what about president? I'm just like, 
well, you know, like, look around you. Like, this is a pretty scary time. It's a pretty intense time. Well, let me ask you about the book, then. How long have you been working on it? Uh, well, it's been since 2017. Since oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, the book ends in, 20, it ends in 2017. Oh, it's just about that year, you mean? Or no, you it, mean it, it, no, no, it's a, my life story up to 2017. Okay, mm. I see, I see. And I know that you've been writing it, and right now the book is just being held for approval from the government? Is that no, 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 I think we've got approved. So. Oh, you're all approved. Yeah, it's approved. Now we just need to like actually publish a book. Mm. So you just, but you do have a publisher? Yeah, Frau Strasro. I can never pronounce it right. FSG. So, so this is going to be a huge national publication, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I yeah. think so. I, yeah. I, you know, it's a, it's yeah, it's not, it's not like Verso Press or anything. Have you ever written a book? I mean, what was that experience like for you? Oh, it was awful. Really? <laughs> Why? I, yeah, I don't recommend it for anyone. Oh. Um, <laughs> Because I'm rehashing and reliving it was awful I see. stuff. I, see. I mean, honestly, like, there were three drafts that I went through, and I went through, and and went through, and it was like there were times whenever I couldn't look at the screen mm. because I would have an anxiety attack looking at the screen. Just I could write a book about writing the book. That's how <laughs> intense this process was, mm-hmm. and I probably will. Mm. <laughs> Mostly just from reliving the trauma, not the act of actually yeah, writing. Yeah, I'm probably book. gonna have to write a book about just sort of dealing with the the real with, with with sort of developing a lot of traumas, living through a traumatic period of, period of my life, and then having that be taken away. But also like having the traumas be taken away, and then be like dragged into a world that where everything is just sort of like the, a United States that is slowly crumbling and the infrastructure is collapsing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the institutions are failing and, you know, there's like attempted coups and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, mass, you know, mass shootings that don't lead to any sort of, yeah, like, uh, yeah, you know, any, yeah. any kind of uh, yeah. change or anything like that. You have mass protests, the largest protest movement ever in United States history not lead to virtually any change mm-hmm. whatsoever. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's just such a, de- a debilitatingly um, exhausting time period to be a political figure and mm. to, to be somebody who cares and is passionate about activism and politics and, 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 and being involved in the world and be, being involved in the community and, uh, and, and to, to carry this weight mm-hmm. of this time frame and this experience. Um, and and yeah, you know, like um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna take. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't even, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I'll ever recover. I, I don't know if I'll ever fully recover, but I mean, it's I'm, I'm definitely yeah. healing. I'm definitely. Healing. I mean, it's yeah. It's, I, I mean, probably wouldn't have been able so to have. Much. I probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to have this conversation in this way. In mm-hmm. Yeah. With you. What was it like working? I'm assuming you worked with editors and stuff like that. Yeah. Was it weird getting notes on your like personal anecdotes? Or? Oh, and they always wanted more. Oh, they they say dig deeper. Yeah, uh, which you know I did. You know I did dig deeper. Um, w- w- within the confines of the law. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, uh, the, I mean the, do- the government obviously got to say. Um, you know we relented on that. We 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 had uh, we went through a government approval process and. But yeah, the the editorial process was brutal. Woo! Brutal. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I believe I called my editor the uh, the butcher. Oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's good, right? To have a to have a brutal. Did you like your editor, or was it just like? Ugh. Uh, I mean, I hated my editor until until the book was cut, and then, and then uh, I was like, this is good. And then I was like, I'm satisfied. <laughs> I see. This is this isn't the book that I envisioned. This isn't the book that I set out to write. Interesting. Mm. Um, this isn't the book that. 
but it's the book that I feel comfortable with and that I can ask, that I feel comfortable with and I can say I can put my name on this. Mm. That was that process. So so the book is basically just like an auto, autobiography. There were times when I was like this book sucks and I was yeah. just throwing sheets of Really? Paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, you were doing that with the with the information you had when the New York Times didn't want it to. So I'm sure the book is going to be amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm you know, I'm just I'm just eager to I, I'm very eager to move on with my life. Yeah. And to I like understand. get on to the next stuff because like I got bigger stuff coming. So what are you working like, on what? now? Yeah. What's what's your... uh, so I'm working on right now. Uh, obviously, the book is coming out. Um, I work for uh, I work for uh, a, a privacy company now. Um, oh, you so work I, like full time for them? Uh, I work um, or like a freelance thing. I, I'm a contractor, okay, um, yeah. but I work. I, I essentially work. Uh, I, I work part-time, full-time. Like, a, basically, it's full-time hours sometimes and then part-time hours other times. Um, so I am a contractor for a privacy company called NIM, um, which is uh, which is privacy, but uh, which is like a privacy technology. Like, you know, Tor, mm -hmm. you know, like, mm -hmm. uh, and VPNs and things like that. It is a, it is, it is a forward-thinking technology and sort of looking forward uh, over the next 20 years and sort of the, the needs of, uh, of anonymization uh, and uh, encryption and securing things on the, on the internet. I actually came up with a very similar idea in 2016. It's one of the reasons why they reached out to me in mm. 2016 was mm. uh, they were trying to get uh, they were trying to get my opinion on it. So I reviewed this, this white paper and I got asked to review it and I went through and I reviewed it and I went through it and you know I'm not trying to do like a sales pitch or anything for them uh, right now but uh, I, this is something that I'm working on and that I sort of helped uh, help, help develop and create. Um, the downside is, is that you know, it, it, we're we're doing cryptography and we're doing privacy-based technology um, in a time whenever like everybody associates crypto with like cryptocurrency and tokens. And, yeah, it's you know. crypto in a diff completely different way. Or yeah, so it's it's more privacy. It's, it's privacy fo focused. There is a blockchain component to it, which is like the part that makes people cringe. But I'm like, well, this is blockchain technology is like this is not NF. This is not scam NFTs. This is not. You're not. Nobody's gonna be making bit, like this isn't Bitcoin. Like nobody's gonna be hoarding a ton, tons and tons and tons of this stuff. It, it, it's simply a, a, a sort of management system, a way of managing mm -hmm. sort of node, nodes across the network or whatever to, to truly decentralize things. Which you know, I understand the skepticism of that because I am not a crypto bro. I am not. Mm -hmm. I am not into this stuff whatsoever. Um, so you know, like it's just trying to educate people about sort of like how 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 cryptographic technology can work without it. Burning down the rainforest, right, uh, right. without it, uh, w without it, sort of like leading to uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of nouveau riche, riche um, you know, uh, crypto bros like buying, uh, uh, you know, big houses in the Hollywood Hills, right, right, uh, right. And, and 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 you know, having cringe, uh, having cringe JPEGs, you know, be, yeah. be sort of sold, <laughs> of course, you know, like it's it's just like you know, like it's it's it, 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 the good news is that the crypto crash has made it easier to sort of like because it's cleared a lot of the people who are just mm. like out mm -hmm, to get rich mm -hmm. quick. Um, out of the way and sort of be able to, to be like, well, actually, like we, I come from privacy and from the privacy technology space, which you know is older and is where a lot of this stuff came from. It's all these grifters who came back later to mm. try to get rich quick. So, but we, well, we are sort of operating in the space where we're, you know, anytime we talk about cryptography or privacy, like people are just like, like, are you talking about Bitcoin? And like, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> So are you a little bit resentful or maybe, I don't know if that's the right word, but all these people that came out and kind of just like you described, just kind of ruined crypto and the public, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. The public sphere. Oh, absolutely. Because like Especially you said, the, crypto the, synonymous with like scam. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know that, and that's going to be a, that's going to continue to be a problem. Yeah, like, definitely. It's not like the the crypto crash. I think is cleared a lot of people, but they're like I'm they're, they're going to open things up for the next uh, for the next bear market for the next quote unquote bear market. Still, Bitcoin's still at twenty nine thousand. Yeah, but I, I mean, what was it at before? Like fifty six. I don't have any token assets. So I don't really. Me neither. I know that we're token free. <laughs> um, well, that's great. And I know you, you were streaming on Twitch, you said, during the pandemic. I was streaming on Twitch. But I have uh, the big thing I'm working on right now is I'm working on a YouTube series. Oh. Mm. Um, I've been working on this for one and a half years. I know that people are going to be like, I've been paying your Patreon for this for this. So thing. what's the project? Um, I, it's, a first YouTube, it, it, it's a YouTube series in which I break down advanced technologies mm-hmm. and sort of discussions about them, um, the things that are topical. And uh, break them down to a Bill Nye the Science Guy eighth grade level. So what's the holdup if it's episodic? Um, well, it's episodic in the terms of like the topic. So the first video is yeah. cryptocurrency. Yeah. Uh, which I am pre. I'm. It may be pre- cryptocurrency a postmortem uh, where I just sort of talk about the te- and then I get into the weeds of how it actually works. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody's like, because I the most asked question of 2021 was. What is an NFT and what is a crypt- uh, oh, how does right? cryptocurrency work, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm asked this question so much. There's obviously a demand for this. And I looked for people who to try to talk about this stuff. And everybody's talking about the market. Right. Everybody's talking about like burning down a rainforest, which all this stuff is true, but nobody's boiling it down to the most interesting part for me as a, as a technologist, which is the math. Mm-hmm. Which so, how this like why, why, is, why is cryptography uh, a basis of this technology? Mm-hmm. And I get into that and, and sort of how that connects to science, technology. So when, when how, can we expect that? That sounds great. Uh, I'm, I, I've redone filming and pr- pr- production because I didn't like the first version. Oh, uh, I see. I, 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 I've I been was there. Like, yeah, yeah. I saw the first version. I was like, I was like, okay, I learned how not to do this. And I learned, <laughs> what, you know, it was a learning experience for me. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're up, uh, we, I'm filming this weekend, in fact, okay. uh, in, in, in New York again. I'm back to filming, uh, filming portions of it. So we're in the production phase, um, uh, and mostly we're just sort of rehashing on, on stuff. So I'm, I'm thinking of that by the end of summer, but um, I said that, I said by the end of summer, last summer. <laughs> but <laughs> well, we, put a, we put a pin it. in it. Actually, production, we put a pin in production because, uh, because COVID in late 2021, because it looked like we were coming out of it. And then, uh, and then Delta hit, or then yeah. Delta, and then Omicron. But now it's like crazy again. Yeah, it's crazy again. But um, I think you know, it's like kind of see. nuts. Like everybody I know, yeah, is getting COVID. Like all my family members, all my friends, these guys. Yeah. It's like people aren't really dying, but the long mm. COVID is scary as fuck. Yeah, it is scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I got when I got COVID in 2021, I got um, I had I had symptoms for about two or three months. Oh, so you mm. had a little bit of long COVID. Yeah, I did. Um, it was actually it's funny because like when I got my when I got the third shot, when I got the booster, mm-hmm. in December or January of December January, um, all those symptoms went away. Oh wow! Oh really? And That's amazing. Away. Yeah, and then I got, and then like three months later, I got COVID again. But, uh, <laughs> really? Just I three did. months later? Oh, I did. Three months later, I got COVID again. But it was like, it, by that time, it didn't phase me. I like yeah. tested positive, and I was like, oh wow, like the rapid test, I'm, I'm positive. But then I started to feel like a little, a little under the weather, but like it didn't, it didn't really knock me out or anything like it did before. So there's one question that everyone wants to ask before we wrap this up, and it's, what is your favorite anime? The people are wondering. <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, because <laughs> really, I'm I'm actually torn a little bit. 
uh, with my animes um, because Death Note is very high up there. Death oh, Note I is pretty that. good, but I, in my opinion, I won't but say I've overrated. Yeah, I won't say overrated, but yeah. I, I, I've rewatched it recently, and I've realized that it fails the Bechtel test enormously, which as a trans woman kind of bothers me. Oh, is that where there's like the not test? enough women in it? There's or? not enough women. And it's the, really they only talk yeah. about They only talk about other men or whatever. Yeah, when there's a woman in on the scene, they only talk about other men. So it's I really wanna, interesting. I want to see, I want to see, <laughs> I want to see Death Note, but like with more, mm -hmm. with more girl power. I want to see an anime of that variety. So Death Note's pretty high up there. Yeah, Neon Evangelion um, is pretty good. Um, you know, uh, I, I actually revisited Gundam Wing. Uh, oh wow! Uh, I revisited it because I watched. That was one of the first animes that I ever saw. Um, uh, it's, it's actually aged really well, and amazingly, it, it does not fail the Bechdel test. So, that's good. I mean, yeah. you you have to. That's really, the '90s. Like, what is the spe specification of that test? Because it's not like it oh, is really. It yeah, it's actually you have to be really fucking bad to fail this test, yeah. and it's incredible how many things fail this test. How's it oh, called? Yeah. Or send me the rules, AB. It's actually really interesting. It's it's incredible how much media actually fails this, because when you hear this, you'll be shocked. So that's it. What about uh, One Punch Man? One Punch Man? Oh my god! <laughs> I haven't seen it. You no. gotta watch that. It's so fucked. No, I haven't good. seen it. That's probably. I'm not favorite. a weeb. You're not a weeb. Okay. I'm not a weeb, but I do watch. I do. Every, I just, everyone. I, no, my 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 best friend in the whole wide world is uh is is a weeb. She's a, a weebo. She's a diehard weeb. Um, and uh, is my source of all things anime and all sorts of, like, and, like, if I, if I ask a question, she, like, knows it. She's, like, on <laughs> point. And I'm just like, oh, wow. So let me recommend. My favorite is Hunter Hunter. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. You've seen that one or not yet? I have seen that, yeah. Okay. Did you love it? Uh, I thought it was all right. Oh. Mm. You watched Sorry. the whole thing? You saw the Chimera Ant arc? I did. <laughs> okay, all right. Everyone's yeah, entitled. Well, I mean, like, I'm in a mecca, okay? Yeah. A mecca? There's no mechs in that. I know. That's what I'm. Oh, you like mecha. the mech shit? Okay. I you like, like the mech, mech shit. Like you like Gundam, the mech. like Evangelion, like yeah. Mm. There's some mechs in One Punch. There's a little mechage there. There's a little bit, but you know, it's not like um, it's not like um, King of the Hill. I see people say. King of the Hill. It's <laughs> 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 great. Uh, Attack on Titan is awesome. My Attack on Titan is great. Yeah, I that, like show, that shows. Let's go. That show is really good. Yeah. And then My Hero Academia is one that I really like. It's a little. It's a little. You know, like, like, yeah. I like that show. I like it. I like it, but I wouldn't put it in. I've seen some bad anime too recently. Oh really? Yeah. I'm sure there's bad. a lot of that. Yeah, there's a lot of bad anime. <laughs> um, I have a I have a Crunchyroll. Okay. I've been trying to get on Crunchyroll. Do you know what's so weird? I'm trying to sign up with Apple TV, and yeah. they're making me sign in through iTunes, and I'm like, I don't fucking know my <laughs> iTunes, and I really want to get on Crunchyroll. ID. We tried that, didn't we? All right, I gotta, I gotta put more I effort into this. Gotta find the email address. Yeah. God, you talk to me. I'm the security. So people are saying it's your birthday. Uh, is it your birthday? My it's birthday? Your birthday? Oh, I don't know why people are saying that. <laughs> December seventeenth is my oh, birthday. Oh, that's not even close. Yeah. Oh. Couldn't be further away, actually. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. It's almost exactly six months away. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, okay, let me read this test because this is actually interesting. So I just think I, I, I'm fascinated by you know how close we are in age, though. Are we? The, are you thirty six? I'm thirty four. Oh, I'm like oh. you. Yeah, I'm December twelve, by the way. So we're very close. Why are you fascinated by how close we are in age? I don't know. Cause I'm about to be thirty seven, so we're know, not I, even that I, I close. I look because I, I look, you know, like I, I feel closer to you than I am to Hassan. 
Oh, really? Because Hassan's like younger. Kid. Yeah, Hassan's, like, I'm Hassan's used, a youngie. You know what? I'm used to everyone Hassan's being younger 30. than me. He's yeah. Mm-hmm. Young man. He looks old as fuck though. He's decrepit. Yeah, he looks. Big, oh, he though. he hunches. He's, he's like, like child. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Um, I'm used to everyone being he's younger a than summer me. Child. <laughs> yeah, he's a summer child. Um. So let's see. This test is a measurement of the represent representation of women in fiction. Yep. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. Wow. That's it. Yep. All that has to happen <laughs> is that two women have to talk to each other about something other than a man. That the entire series so of Death much. Note fails. That's wow. <laughs> I mean, it's insane how many shows actually failed. It. Yeah, I know. I like I like just do a running a sort of running estimate when I'm watching these things now, so I pick up on this. But so like when I watch it again, because like I because because like I watched it when I was like what like 16 or 17? No, it was 18 because it came out in like 2000. It was came out in like 2007, right? So like I was like young when it came out. I'm actually curious how many uh, shows fail or movies fail this. Is can you find oh, a it's, list? It's enormous. Because it's like it's kind of insane when you see this. The, the basically anything from the 1990s. <laughs> uh, AB wants to say that Attack on Titan, uh, the women are badass. So there you have it. Yeah, He's there you always, go. I love Attack on true. Titan. True. <laughs> uh, hey, get, get, get me a list of of notable failures. Oh, here it is. The be- the Bechtel. Be- Bechtel? Yeah, Bechtel test. Here it is. All right, let's take a look. Hey, Jaeger, who's that babe? <laughs> <laughs> um, the list. Hey, how about you guys? Can you guys send me the link? that? I- but can you send me a list of, like, notable? Uh, uh, Morbius failed. Of course it did. Morbius fails in every aspect. Fantastic <laughs> uh, Beast, The Secret of Dumbledore Not failed. surprising. When That's you have incredible. A... It's just incredible that anything could fail that. Top Gun Maverick fail. <laughs> well, I don't think there's even any women in that movie. I haven't seen it, though. Um, all right, here I got a list. 11 blockbusters that fail the Bechdel test. Let's take a look. Yo, a whole Marvel, mo- Lord of the Rings trilogy, the whole trilogy? Are you serious? That's that, but that, that's written. They went, they stuck with the book, and it's true. It's actually mm. true. Dude, the whole, like, 11 hours, <laughs> there's not two, oh, two women having a conversation about anything but a man. Nope. That's that nuts. That's crazy. Ratatouille? Damn you, mouse. What? <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. Avatar. Really? Hated. Avatar? The Social Network. I mean, okay. Jump Street. The Avengers. The Avengers. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. The Grand Budapest Hotel. That surprised me. That is surprising. Well, it's it's super fascinating. Yeah. I, I love this stuff. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? Um, we didn't fail the Bechdel test today. Uh, no. In fact, not not even close. Yeah, <laughs> not even we close. We didn't talk to to each other about just a man. So. Yeah. Did you guys mention a man? To I don't think so. I don't think Who's this fucking guy? <laughs> <laughs> so the book is coming out hopefully this year, beginning of next year. Yeah. And we are going to be standing by, very excited to read it. Yeah. Oh, so I'm thrilled to, you know, actually. 
do something that I've been working on for five years. And we also look forward to your YouTube series that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hopefully uh, soon, right? Yes. Uh, the YouTube account is XY Chelsea. Uh, it just forward slash I think it's just XY Chelsea on YouTube. Is there so. anything on that channel currently? Or? No, there's nothing on that channel oh, okay. currently. It's okay. just it's prepared. I it's it's set aside. Um, I'll publish it and I'll post it. I have a Patreon. I have a Patreon. I I'm not recommending people subscribe to the Patreon right now because one I don't really need the budget. We already have the budget for it. Um, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna wait until we actually put something out before I start pitching. Okay. Anything. Because. We raised money, and we set that money aside, and that's been being used for the production project. So okay. I've been trying to send emails to people who have subscribed, and I'm just like, no, 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 we're still doing it. Like, yeah. it's still happening. Yeah, yeah. We're just, it's just like literally production problems. Um, and, and is budget. there anything else you want to plug uh, before we? Oh, I have Twitter, something. you're on Instagram, you're yeah, on Twitch. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitch, uh, or I was on Twitch. I haven't uh, done a Twitch stream since November of last year. Is it I will be streaming again. Um, once, uh, I probably, probably towards the autumn, uh, I will be streaming again because, uh, I'm way, I will, I'm really just waiting on the slowdown in terms of like my travel. Cause I've been making up for all of the travel of the last few years, uh, last I, three years really, um, in the last, uh, three or four months. You yeah. know what's crazy? I just, so your tag is like XY Chelsea, right? It is. Yes. I just typed, there's like a whole documentary. There's so much media. There was a documentary, you. yeah. A Showtime documentary, XY Chelsea. What's the XY mean? Uh, that's just my, uh, that's my chromosomes, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. But why would they? It, that's, that's me. Just, that's an interesting name for a documentary. They, I mean, they, they chose it because that's my, that's, that's my your thing. Handle. Okay. That's my Twitter handle, yeah. Okay, I got it. But I got to uh, get that trademark back. It's kind of, is it kind of <laughs> surreal that there's like so much media about you? There's like yeah, I don't see any of, of it. documentaries. I don't see any of it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I highly recommend that you know one of one of the worst things that uh that that like Twitch streamers, YouTubers, uh tw Twitter personalities do is they read their own stuff. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I, I yeah it will I came just to the same doom, conclusion. You will doom pill because yeah. nobody's ever gonna write the right thing. You're always gonna know that it's different. Um, I'm I I live in ha happily in bliss. Uh, I have, uh, this is why I have an assistant who reads the stuff for me. Good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Beautiful. That's yeah, the way exactly. to do it. Yeah, exactly. The producer's yeah. like, yep, I got you covered, Ethan. <laughs> well, you know, it's such a such a pleasure and honor to have you. It's great to be here. I'm Thanks a big for, fan. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for sharing, you know, all those. those and you're a victim of cancel culture. Yes. I want you to know Say that. it from the rooftop. <laughs> Say it. As a free speech advocate. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Let this man go. When will I be? Let free? him go off the rails. <laughs> Let me go off the rails in peace. Yeah, they'll actually, you know what's interesting? I've been canceled many times, lost a lot of sponsors. I will say, and I guess maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but knock on wood, I didn't lose any from the bomb shit. Well, that's because you already lost them. I think, yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, to be fair, I think all of them that we're going like to leave Tucker lost. You're like Carlson mode, where you've lost everybody, but you still have, you I still got my come, pillow, baby. I still got my pillow, yeah. <laughs> Can we get my pillow? I wonder if Mike Lindell would sponsor it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. I need some, Mike, I need some my pillow money. Yeah. Where is there a lib version of my pillow? Mm. There is, but don't don't look at it. Yeah, don't look so at it. Please not. don't. Really? Oh that's... no! Now you're gonna look it up, aren't you? No, but I mean, like, no, like a super rich dude <laughs> so who's willing to pay me, no matter what I say. Oh, you, it already exists. It what does. Is, is it David Hogg's thing? What David is yeah, that? Yeah, his name's David Hogg. Oh, he made the pillow. Yeah. The lib pillow. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he made a lib pillow. Oh God. Liberal tears pillow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got tissues. So. All right. Ho hopefully, Hogg can. Uh, 
We need a Kleenex sponsor. You can take that big fat hog and sponsor me. Yeah. Right? Anyone? <laughs> hog? Thank you, Hog. All right. Well, clap. listen. Womp, You're womp, going back to womp. New York soon? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm going back to New York. Uh, where? Oh, God. I don't even, This is why I have an assistant. Yeah, run. love. Shout out. <laughs> love it. Love. Uh, I want to be able to have a job like you where I sit in one spot. Yeah. Um, which I was doing last year. Um, but lately I've been on travel and I'm going to be traveling probably until well until 2023 at this stage. So speaking um, engagements and stuff like that. A lot of speaking. I actually, I mean, my employee, uh, the, the project I'm working on, uh, most of the employees work in Europe. So that mm. requires a lot of, uh, transatlantic travel. Oh, um, wow. uh, and, uh, um, that's the NIM project. And, um, I am also, um, you know, obviously doing media and filming and things like that. So yep. A lot of projects up in the air. Yep. And then, and then obviously like, yeah, like basically I, I'm just like, like all of these different projects that I've been working on for like mm -hmm. the last two years are, are all starting to come to fruition mm -hmm. like in the next six months. That'll be good. So like That'll video, get it all out DJ there. stuff. Yeah. Like my, I'm going to start doing my first DJ set. The book is coming out. Um, you know, uh, the, the video, uh, streaming, I'm going to get back into streaming. All these different things are, mm -hmm. are sort of all happening all at once, which means that my I have no sleep schedule whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I just... Uh, there was one thing I wanted to ask you that I just realized yep. that I forgot to circle back to. You know, I was just really curious how your dad, having the military man, yeah. and having done, you know, become who you are and what you did what you did, was that when you guys cut off? Uh, communication, or did you talk to him after all that happened? Oh no, this is a different thing. This is a different family issue. Oh really? Yeah. So the so what was his reaction to the to the whole leaking thing? I think he's just in denial. Mm -hmm. Oh really? Yeah. There's like a cringe interview. Like, don't look at it. Mm -hmm. Oh, your like a your dad interview. did an like, interview. He, he like he like said he like said that it was that it was like impossible for me for to, to do that or something like that. Oh, he thinks you're innocent. It never happened. Well, yeah, it was like, but that was like in his own, it was, we like told him not to, and we're, we're like, yeah, dad, wait, you know, like, we're going to have, we're, we have a court martial coming up, like, don't, don't go Whoa. on TV mm. and say things. So it's been a long time since you talked to him, so I guess you don't really know what's his opinion about all that. I now. don't, but, you know, this is why I have my sister and why I have my aunt, so, you know, like, we, we keep family, I don't want to get in my family. Yeah. Now. My family, like, my family's off limits. Yeah, I understand. And I, you know, like, at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, you know, as much as you know, I have a falling out with you know any family member, like you know, that that is that we're still family, like we're still family. So mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. this is it, it's a total like the reason why I haven't talked to my dad in a while is nothing to do with the leak the, the, with the leaks or the or the public stuff. It is completely internal family affairs. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. I thought there might be a connection there, but no, there isn't. Have it, folks. The one thing I, I wanted to ask, and uh, well, you had to leave it on that note. I know. I'm sorry. All right. Well, where yeah, were we talking about? We were talking about the. Uh, well, all your we're projects. About getting home. Yeah. Or getting on. Yeah. I gotta go. Yeah. Well, have a safe flight. Good luck with everything. I'm yeah. Very much looking forward to all the stuff you're working on. Thanks coming for out. having me. And thank uh, you. again, uh -huh. huge fan. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for coming I think on. You should great. put up and, the and don't be black pilled anymore. I'm optimistic. Well, if I can go through everything that I've gone through, and you're and you can live in, you know, you can live in Los Angeles and 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 have this and have this opportunity, have this show. Like, there's no reason for you to be doom pilled. I'm doom pilled. I mean, just seeing Tucker, just being able to see T Ted Cruz say something colossally stupid as we need one door, and yeah. people and pe him not get like. 
You know, I, as somebody who grew up in the Midwest, somebody, I mean, I just, somebody just, in the, just, who grew up in the Midwest, the truth doesn't matter. All that matters is that it owns libs. That, yeah, that's black filling. Yeah, it's so depressing. By the way, if you need help with any YouTube stuff, let us know. Mm. Oh, we're we're <laughs> we're we're great. We're great. We're uh, all thing. right. We know uh, all, the all right, I'm gonna put stuff. you in connection with my business. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Business, we can help you with awesome. whatever you need. All right, next. All right. Well, thanks everyone for watching. It's Friday, baby. Oh, woo! Friday. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We will be back on Monday as usual. Do we have anything that next week, Dan, that we're working on? Yeah. We have a bunch of stuff. Hold on, I had to figure out where Ian's meat switch is. Uh, yes, we have a big uh, week next week, but um, one of it is uh, a top secret project that. Uh, is it top secret? Well, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, just stay. It'll through. be next Friday's just episode, though. We got we got something really big planned for next Friday. So look forward to that, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, guys. See you on uh, a great you. weekend. All right. Thank take you. care. Ta ta. Woo! Fuck yeah, baby. Ow, ow, ow. Your wetinates to the three, 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 Might drink some mayo while the incest on the sleep. Shredder will stop barking off raiders acting sweet. We'll do the real raw ritual with more and eat it.